Hello and welcome to the One One. I am BJ Ryan, episode one hundred and eight. Proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. After a uh, a week off, thanks to Christmas holidays, I am back with the Perth Racing Guru. This time we are on Zoom. We are uh, COVID safe here at the One One, but uh, yes, just like to uh, say good day to my mate, the Perth Racing Guru. Good day, Terry. My mate, thank you, BJ. It's uh, it's lovely to be back. How was your uh, How was your Christmas break? Uh, it was pretty full on. Pretty full on. Was able to get a few days off the racing, uh, the twenty four seven racing hamster wheel, which was nice. But then moved straight into uh, family Christmas celebration. So, as you can imagine, um, gets pretty gets pretty hectic with uh, three little ones. So, um, mm. but uh, we survived. We got around to all the family. Uh, saw everyone. Um, yeah, had a great time. So very enjoyable. How was yours, Terry? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad, BJ. It was uh, yeah, probably not quite as stressful without three children. So <laughs> probably made things a little bit easier. But um, did Santa bring you anything exciting? Uh yeah, yeah, got some got some cool stuff. So more more uh, experiences with um, my lovely partner Lee and I in 2022. Hopefully that we're going to be able to redeem when things get back mm. to uh, normalcy. But yeah, it was it was good. I was actually up uh, typical. Um, general massive generalization here but typical uh unorganized mail at christmas time i was absolutely actually wrapping christmas presents at uh just after midnight on christmas eve <laughs> so i'm sure i'm sure knowing you guru you're a bit more organized than i was but um <laughs> i was wrapping christmas presents about 11 a.m before we had to go to something at midday on christmas day and i didn't get most of it done so i had to wrap it once we got there and write on the card for the person's house it was my mother i could just say my mother once i was in the bathroom at her house bj so yeah oh, I'm sure very it good. I'm, you. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it uh, warms the heart but yeah it was good man it was nice to have a week off and just to uh detox a little bit from uh from racing but but while we were away ever so briefly things um things really heated up in regards to mm. uh this saturday's um perth cup meeting really it was a covid outbreak in western australia which has led to uh, a lot of changes from a logistical and uh, legal point of view for Perth Cup Day at Ascot this Saturday and I guess a trial run of um, the double vaccination policy which will apply to spectators and participants alike which has meant a massive or major reshuffle anyway when it comes to riders for, for Perth Cup Day namely and um, the headline maker at the moment is, is William Pike who's unable to ride uh, the favourite Midnight Blue in uh, the Perth Cup on Saturday not, not unable to ride the entire day um, mm. due to vaccination due to the COVID protocols and it's going to be interesting when uh, Ran- Rawa um, sends out their mandatory vaccination policy how many um, how many hoops we uh, and trainers and other participants are, um, are maybe going to have to step aside after February 5. Yeah, well, I think um, it's definitely a very uh, interesting time in uh, in the world in WA racing uh, with everything that's going on. But I think a lot, a lot of the people that haven't probably got it are just um, are a bit lazy and uh, probably didn't quite realise how soon it would affect them. I think Adam Durant was one that was quoted in saying, I haven't been vaccinated, not because I'm an anti-vaxxer, it's just because I uh, haven't got around to it. Yeah, I just haven't yeah. been down there. So uh, I'll be honest, I... 
I obviously work from home, so it doesn't really affect me. And I was one of those lazy people who uh, hadn't done anything. Then I realized I couldn't go to the Perth Cup, so I went down and I got vaccinated about three hours later. Isn't, isn't that good? You realize you can't go to the races, so it makes you go and do it. But uh, I'm down south anyway, but uh, I, I couldn't have gone if I wanted to. So it would have been an uh, egg on the face if Dig Deep had have been there and been alive hope i would have i would have felt like a, a proper dickhead in that situation i would have got what i deserved as well but um yeah interesting times uh i, I see a lot of the lads are heading to geraldton um i think jason whiting troy turner maybe a couple of others that um were down to ride on the card and ride in the cup itself have gone to gerald i was i was peering to see if pikey would pop out to Jarrow for the day i reckon there's a couple there that he could lift over the line um but pikey's not making the the trip to to greatfish coast uh, yeah in yeah interesting um interesting stuff neville parnham's comments as well they're a little bit inflammatory in the paper i thought it's yeah it's grab the popcorn out sit back and um and yeah, that's, they're all sound bites. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I they're think he was. Taking little sni- was qu- they're taking little snippets. Yeah, he was yeah. quite. It was taken a bit out of context. I think he I was think, quoting but, um, uh, Bart Cummings. Um, something that Bart Cummings yeah. said to Darren Beeman when he retired. Uh, you know, I think it was back in the nineties, maybe or early two thousands. To become a preacher. That's right. Yeah. So I think with the, I, I would have liked to have seen Rawa been a bit more proactive when it came to their yeah. mandatory uh, vaccine policy, just so that everyone knew. Uh, where they stood, it seems as though they were waiting for the state government to tell them what to do. And then when the state government said you don't fall under the critical businesses um, as far as we're concerned, then I think as soon as that happened, they should have probably launched their policy within the week just to give participants, just say, look, WA is opening up um, in accordance with the, the state government anyway. On February 5, we need to have our mandatory vaccination policy in place and give the participants just, you know, like a bit what happened to you. You were like, oh, gee whiz, I better go get my va- vaccine. It's it's not so much hesitancy as such. I think it's, it's a lot of complacency really. And it's not mm-hmm. until you get that, that mandate and that, you know, set date it's okay. I better go get myself organised now. So I think maybe Rawa, you know, is a, is a few weeks behind in in terms of laying out the ground rules for all that in regards to the racing industry. I'm, I know there's probably reasons for doing that, but personally, I would have liked to have seen them the day after. I think it was December 13. The day after the state government ruled that that we were that the racing industry wasn't a critical business as far as they were concerned. I think they should have launched their their mandatory vaccine policy and just had it all in place so that. When um, Feb 5 rolled around, there was going to be no surprises. Everyone knew where they stood. So, um, But anyway, that's a yeah, strange no, new world that exactly. we live in at the moment, Guru. And, um, and yeah, more will be revealed in the, uh, I guess, over the following five to six weeks. Yeah, exactly right. Well, and the hardest part for me is that complacency is my middle name. So um, I was I was never much of a chance. But uh, the main thing for me is we don't want to lose a lot of these blokes, especially William Pike, to the industry. So, um, yeah, hopefully that all works out for the best and we get to continue to enjoy watching The Wizard for, for years to come, BJ. But, uh, yeah, he's still, a, still yeah. a young man in, in, in regards to jockey. He's only 35 years old, William Pike, which is remarkable considering what he's achieved uh so yeah it would be massive loss to the industry if if the wizard Mm. um uh had to walk away from racing due to the uh due to this covid situation but um anyway as i said everything's going to play out between now and and february 5 and i'm sure there's going to be a few twists and turns along the way but um we've got a huge perth cup day to preview 10 races it's a real shame that the um sort of you know, do the, you factor into your form form analysis that sort of 
Uh, obviously, the jockeys change how you'd look at a race, but did you factor into the fact that um, Adam wouldn't be there, so you haven't got the main man from a pretty big team going? I don't know if Grant and Alana are going to be there. Again, I'm only speculating on little bits and pieces you hear, but yep. suddenly they don't become there. It's it's a pretty uh, – the, the job of a trainer doesn't finish on the morning of the race or the day before a race. I think it's pretty integral and – um, when you've got the big dog there and the the main players there, I think everything the ship just runs a little bit smoother. Yeah. Um. So it, it'll be fascinating with the teams that have um, probably got more continuity and more of uh, the usual suspects around. How they um yeah how they go compared to the ones that have maybe had to go with a bit of a makeshift team or the second third stringers have had to come along and run the show for the day. So uh, that's probably another fascinating part of it as well. Not just the the um the jocks, but the the trainers and support staff. Yeah, another yeah, that's another layer to it all, Terry, and, and even off the track itself, just the the fact that uh, you know the, the Perth Cup day will have a different feel to it. You have to be double vaxxed just to get in. Masks will be on, uh, table service, so it's gonna it's gonna be completely different. But um, I, I I reading between the lines, I feel as though the state government said if you want the Perth Cup to go ahead, it it needs to go ahead under under these conditions, which Perth Racing has agreed to, and, and Rawa has subsequently. Um, given their, I guess, stamp of approval as well, and and this is just the the way it is for this you know historic event just to to um, to be held this year. It's a real shame that because it, it it fell on a sad day too, Terry, and um, it just had the it was on New Year's Day, it's traditional day on a sad day. It just had the feel of being a real you know throwback you know Perth Cup with a big crowd and and terrific atmosphere. It's just a shame that that's um that has uh, been taken away from it under the circumstances however the meeting and the event gets to go ahead under um under a different guise in a way but um we're lucky that we have to remain grateful and 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 count our lucky stars that the racing industry has has hasn't missed a beat throughout the whole last two years terry so you know we both make our make our livings out of the racing game as do thousands and thousands of other people and um yeah i think it's it's huge that the that WA racing has you know has kept going throughout the entire pandemic. Um, jockeys, trainers, owners, everyone has has uh, has been able to to maintain their love and you know dedication and passion for WA racing. So I think it's only a a small hiccup this Saturday and a small measure that we're going to have to swallow on Perth Cup Day. But um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that I think we we have to remain grateful for for the fact that the the games kept going. Very good, exactly right. At the end of the day, it's the second biggest event of the week anyway, isn't it, BJ? Behind? Tell me more. Behind? What do you mean behind? Are you talking about next Friday, uh, January? Yeah. 7th. The 7th, yeah. The 7th, the Narragin Turf Club meeting, of course, BJ. Yes, otherwise known as the? Uh, the Guru Christmas, not Christmas party, New Year party, whatever we're going to call it, just New the party, just the coming, to, just the coming together of uh, of some some great minds and some great people. So it's um, this is the most organised I've been for something in my life. If, if we have to all sit down the entire day, that's gonna that's gonna be a little bit flattening. But um, yeah, no, looking so no, forward no to it dance, very much. No dancing at the Guru uh, party, or maybe no. Maybe. Does, does does dancing include celebrating? What if you find one at what if you find one around the undulating narrow and track at forty five <laughs> to one? Does it include getting up and having a bit of a cuddle with your mates? Because I think that would be acceptable. Because it's pretty hard to uh, 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good one. Ask Peter, uh, ask Peter McCormick when he saw me zip past him after Lonsdale Lady one earlier this year. And I'm not good at restraining myself when I, uh, when I, when I'm, at the best of times I want to restrain myself. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, there could be some some challenging scenes in that sense. But uh, a, bit, a bit of news from the Narragin meeting, BJ. What can you tell us for the well, 7th of January? Well, so next next Friday, January 7th, yes. is the uh, Perth Racing Guru, the much-hyped Perth Racing Guru, mm. end of year, New Year, slash Christmas, slash uh, Happy Holidays, festive season party. That's next Friday. But more is it more importantly or equally as important the one one slightly, slightly less slightly less important slightly less okay. important to coincide yeah. with with um <laughs> with the occasion the one one w racing podcast is sponsoring the meeting the entire meeting mm. at narrogen next friday the january 7th so all the race names will have a one one feel to them uh the um we're going to have our logo is going to be plastered all over the race book on course it's all happening down at narrogen next friday so we've got to come up with seven maybe eight race names guru we do we do i think we'll we'll, we'll obviously i think the last will be pretty obvious and i think we could almost uh speak to i haven't actually spoke to you about this but we could probably speak to uh to timmy hewitt i reckon he'd probably be willing to chuck on an extra pack and we might we might have to do a narrage and get out stakes for the friday oh, that's surely a, that's a great idea i didn't even think we'd have that. to wouldn't yeah. we oh we'd have to i reckon yeah. he'd be happy to do that he gets a race name yeah um yeah and a little bit of a a narrage and gos yeah that's a, that's that's tremendous that is tremendous mm. so also, I might just throw it out to the listeners. We we might be stretched at the seven eight race names. We probably can very comfortably f- find five or six, but maybe we need to throw it out to the listeners. If you can come up with a uh, a race name, a one one flavored race name for next Friday at Narragin, uh, send them to us at uh, the one one pod on Twitter, and uh, Terry and I will pick the best one, and then we can slot that into the uh, into the card next Friday. If you if you think the name's too offensive that you've come up with, then definitely send it through because we um, <laughs> yeah we, 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 we want to bring we want to bring race naming into disrepute on the day. That's definitely one of my aims on a couple of occasions. So um, yeah, nothing nothing too plain, please. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely thinking that we need a grow up handicap for sure. Yeah. Has to happen. Yeah. And um, well, it has to have a has to have a name at the end of it too, doesn't it? <laughs> grow up dot dot dot. <laughs> no, I just think grow up. Grow, the grow up Brad handicap. Surely that's <laughs> grow up, that's. Brad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he'll be there with us. And I might even uh, get a create a a uh, burner account on Twitter and might even submit a bring back the CB Cox Stakes handicap. Uh, so. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. <laughs> but anyway, oh, that's a lot to look, lot to look forward to next Friday. Mm. The end of year, so New Year, is. Perth Racing Guru Party. As long as the Narragin undulating track it is, it's going to be a special day, a 1-1 podcast, WA Racing Podcast, sponsored race day there at Narragin. We can't wait. Um, also, moving on, moving into the first week of January, we're going to finalise our 1-1 Own the Dream team. That's the Rawa uh, Thoroughbred Ownership uh, initiative. Uh, we had Brennan Fiennes on yeah, a couple of weeks ago, gave us the full rundown on the competition and the one one's going to be submitting their own team. So we've got to get that uh, six-person team finalised before January 5. And if anyone is looking to submit their own teams, make sure you jump on the website. I think it's ownthedreamwa.com.au. Check that out. And uh, yeah, we've, um, we've got a cracking mastermind to look forward to Lockie taylor versus mitchell pateman the dual license mitchell pateman um that's going to be something to look forward to in a few moments time guru but other than that is there anything else we need to cover before we roll into the perth cup day preview now let's find some winners 
All right, let's take a break and we'll come back with our 10 race Perth Cup Day preview. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Perth Cup Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton, we are zooming in to record episode 108 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. It's 10.45am on Thursday, the 30th of December. We've got a Bunbury Turf Club meeting at Belmont this afternoon. Mount Barker tomorrow, Ascot and Geraldton on Saturday, Esperance on Sunday, and the long weekend finishes at Pinjarra on Monday. That's a lot of racing, Guru. You all you buckled up and ready to go? I tell you what, you said earlier that um, you enjoyed the week off racing and just enjoyed the blah blah blah. This has been the busiest time of the year, I reckon. They're, where are they yeah. pulling? Where are they pulling yeah. all these meetings from? How was there a meeting today <laughs> uh, at Belmont, a little seven racer after they just raced there two days ago? Is this this is just wild stuff? They just keep wheeling it out, wheeling it out, wheeling it out. So yeah, anyway, it's. Um, some long nights in the dungeon, BJ. <laughs> is there any meeting that you're uh, going to have to forego? Probably Esperance Sunday, yeah. Esperance Sunday, yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. I finished Ascot at about 9.30. I did Mount Barker until about midnight. Um, I'll do Geraldton once we finish today oh, or tonight even. Um, and then um, I will do Pinjara on the 31st. I'm away for a couple of days. So Esperance will get the short shrift. Doesn't mean I won't find something, but it will get the short shrift. BJ. Yeah, well, if you're a fan of the John Hunt and you uh, you love your WA racing, there's a fair bit to sink your teeth into over the next few days, that's for sure. So um, hopefully there's a winner or two or three or more uh, among those meetings uh, moving forward. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot going on from a WA racing point of view. Over to you, Terry. Ah, and remember to stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. And as BJ alluded to earlier, we have a, uh, a clash, another uh, another hoop. Well, hoop slash trainer is taking on Lockie Taylor in the mastermind. Mitchell Pateman, the very confident Mitchell Pateman. Although we probably had the two most confident jockeys on in Chrissy Parnham and, and now Mitchell Pateman. Um to take on Lockie Taylor and geez, I'll be cheering for Mitchell to uh, just to knock Lockie down a peg, Beach. What happened to Scotty Embry? I just did. Well, you said Mitch is keen, and I said, well, just get him in. We've got someone that's putting his hand up. He's throwing, showing a bit of uh, enthusiasm. Um, we've got we've got um, Scotty in our back pocket, ready to go still. And lock, next week, if Lockie does win this week, he'll be going for number five. Yes, I've lined I've lined someone up. We'll keep it quiet, but I've lined someone up as our final. Um, Stop to get him to the magic number of five, and it'll be very fitting because it'll be the day before the Christmas so just, party. So, someone's well. just going to be waiting for Lockie at the bottom, bottom of the travelator. Exactly right. We yeah. got Vulcan ready to go. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. And they're not. Uh, yeah, they will not let Lockie Taylor pass without a fight. <laughs> very good. All righty. Looking forward to that. So, um, well, we might as well get get rolling on this uh, Perth Cup Day card. Mm. Now, Ascot, Saturday the 1st of January, New Year's Day. The rail is out in the six-meter position. Man, it's been uh, it's been pretty hot over the last week in Perth, but um, 33 degrees is the is the uh, current forecast maximum for Saturday. Um, what is it? Sorry, 33. 33. Sorry. Yep. Go yeah, ahead. 33. Uh, that was what it was yesterday. It may have changed in the mm-hmm. meantime, but that is uh, a bit of a relief considering the uh, high 30s and even uh, early the low 40s that we've experienced over the last week. But um, 33 for New Year's Day, uh, rails out in the six, and I uh, guess we're predicting a fair Ascot track 
Guru. Yeah, I think we can. It's 11.16am kickoff and at 11.16 there'll actually be a southerly, southeasterly sort of in play. So early doors, I'm um, I'm pretty happy looking for those on speed beach, but the uh, a nice southwesterly kicks up by about two o'clock in the afternoon for the last five or six. So um, yeah, having a bet in the first couple, I, I wouldn't be afraid to focus on those closer to the speed. Very good. Well, we might as well get straight into it. Race one is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap over the 1,100 metres. Pay one, two, only the seven to face the starter at this stage. And, um, yeah, Lace Vinsky was very well supported to win a similar race to this three weeks ago. was a bit stiff. Peter Nucky got put in a pocket by Paddy Carbrio and Queen of Soul. Got out late, hit the line pretty hard. You would imagine that it would have been that Queen of Soul and Lacewinski probably go stride for stride if he doesn't get held up. Queen of Soul. Has, to say to you, what do you reckon? What do you reckon does happen if it doesn't get held up? It's interesting. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I think Queen of Soul might have still shaded him a touch late, but um, would have been close. Mm. And but Queen of Soul, as we know, went on to win the uh, the Mayor's West Speed Platinum race, one hundred twenty five thousand dollar race, um, a week later. So the form was good, and now uh, Lacewinski looks. Well placed, and he looks for mine anyway. Looks the, the horse to beat, but I imagine that people will be trying to make some strong cases for some of the opposition. Which way are you currently leaning in this uh, seven-horse field to kick off Perth Cup Day, Terry? Oh, I couldn't really find anything besides Lace Vinsky, to be honest with you. As you said, McQueen of Souls made that form look a little bit better by coming out and winning um, at her next start. As well, um, but it's more the fact that I, I just can't come at any of these other runners. BJ, I, I'm second favourite Scandolo, who I think has been a little bit stiff at its last couple, but yeah, yeah. Scandolo is relatively limited. Uh, Chris should probably have it in the 1-1 one, one stalking Lace Vinsky. You'd think, you'd think Express Time kicks up and leads, but Express Time A is probably a, a slight query past a thousand and, and is also mm-hmm. a far better horse on a, on, a, on a track with a bit of the sting out of it. So look, Express Time can lead and beat me. That's okay. Um, yep. Wine Night was a super trial, but happy to take on a horse first up for nearly a year with the big weight taking a sit just behind him. I feel the momentum of a Lace Minsky from the breeze will be better suited. And I can't have hit Wiggle Dark City in a million years and then requisitions probably, um, yeah, just a little bit further back and it's just it's just battling away, isn't it? So Lace Vinsky, the money for me will come again. The 350 or whatever is around at the moment is a, a pretty good price and, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy to have a reasonable crack, Lace Vinsky. Yeah, I was 280, Lace Vinsky. We probably should mention that, uh, I think uh, I, I, meant, I wrote about this in my preview in the leg up, but uh, for those mm-hmm. of you that are not aware... Lace Vinsky is an acceptor at Mount Barker on Friday, which is tomorrow. So um, at the moment, I'm I'm pretty sure from uh, Steve Wolf Racing point of view that Lace Vinsky will be racing at Ascot on Saturday. Things could change, but um, but yeah, he is uh, he's an acceptor at Mount Barker tomorrow and Ascot on Saturday. But I would imagine that this race at um, Ascot looks pretty pretty set up for him to uh, Lace Vinsky to to win. So I'm I'm assuming strongly assuming that he's going to be racing at Ascot on Saturday in the first. Yeah, unless there's any logistical issues in regards to getting him there, you'd, you'd suspect that um, you don't get opportunities like this. Where, as I said, if you've got a horse like Scandola as your second favourite, or I do in my book, yeah. then um, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly suit- suitable assignment. It might be the first of a couple of Stevie Wolf winners on the card, Beach. Yeah, the Wolf man, he's going all right, isn't he? Hear me sing. That was a good result mm. for a few people uh, during the week. So. Uh, <laughs> so that was uh, that was nice, and uh, yeah, he's starting to to hit his straps, which is great because he um, it was tough going there for a while, uh, especially with some of his good horses over the uh, the spring carnival when when uh, Steve 
obviously everyone wants to um, produce their best, but circumstances conspired to um, to impact the stable's ability to compete at the uh, at the peak of the season. But uh, post, I guess you know, early December onwards from there, things have turned around and looks like the um, the, sh- the operations in in good nick as we head into the new year. So um, good to see for uh, for Stevie Wolf. Now, race two is the Magic Millions Plate, eleven hundred meters for the two year olds and friend of the podcast, former guest and trainer of the podcast, Horse Newhad, LK Luke Fernie. He's uh, got a strong hand in this two year old contest. The favourite costume party, as well as impressive trial-winning first starter, she's a belter. Yeah, he certainly does. It's, it's not a very deep um, two-year-old event, is it, Beach? There's a there's a real lack of um, even the trial form. While it's been good, there's nothing that it's completely standing out, and that seems to be a bit of a theme with the two-year-old races at the moment. And Luke's got a couple that are up and happy and. Uh, and running well, and he and he's really taking advantage of it. So um, yeah, you'd, you'd think if Costume Party drew a gate, say Costume Party's in three or four, what price you reckon you are? Yeah, short, super short, probably. Two. I'd be I'd be a one point five, one point seven. Yeah, right. If yeah. from one point seven from from a gate, you know. But Barrier Ten does make things does make things interesting. You'd suspect Chris won't just snag it out to last. I'd be looking for a spot midfield. Um, and and for me, what you're doing here is you're effectively just taking your price about. Chris Parnham getting a spot because I think if it gets a spot, there's nothing in this that probably beats Costume Party. I wouldn't have thought. Beach. Yeah, I agree. The uh, last start landed a three wide line with cover. If you can get a similar setup, uh, peeling and wheeling and getting that camber off the Ascot uh, bend there, I think uh, Costume Party would be too strong for these. Yeah, 100%. Von Snip obviously can improve with leading, but you go back through it and Von Snip's been a very poor beginner. Yep. So it would take uh, a nice piece of riding from Kiriel to uh, to kick out Von Snip and have her um, over the speed. I mean, if... Yeah, if you if you had her leading, you'd probably be happy taking the five bucks. But that's a that's a big if. Uh, there's one runner on to ask you about BJ. It's it's not very um, not very well liked in early markets. Bradley went up seventy one bucks and twelve a hole. It's a horse by the name of Sun Play. Mm. Um, silk uh, saddle cloth number one. Now Sun Play actually led in a trial for Mitchie Payton on the thirteenth of December. Backed up on the eighteenth from the widest gate. Clint just snagged it right out the back. Um, Found a few little traffic issues, but really hit the line nicely. It actually reminded me of the, um, probably not not as good, but it reminded me of the Search and Rocks um, run before we found that it's next started, about 20 to 1. Um, Just simply a two-year-old that didn't draw, so they had to snag it back to last. Run the second quickest two behind... Uh, costume party, uh, and that was that, again. That was while finding a few little traffic issues. So, um, yeah, Sun Sun plays one. I think can probably run a race, belying its odds. It it appears to be closer to the thirty dollar mark uh, around the agencies, about six bucks a hole. But um, yeah, look, I I think there's probably worse each way bets than uh, a horse like Sun Player, who's now got some race experience, drawn a little bit better. Um, as I said, this isn't a deep two-year-old race, BJ. I don't, I don't think there was a huge amount between the runs of Von Snip and um, Sun Play. And Sun Play. Yeah. One's going yeah. to go around five bucks. One's going to go around thirty-five bucks. So um, yeah, look for the, the sake of a bet here. I'm I'm two fifty-five costume party. It's two nineties around, so that just about gets you. And I'm um, I'm actually eight bucks Sun Play, which probably is a little bit thin. But I mean, you're talking six, seven dollars a hole, so. Um, that might be the go here on a place-heavy basis, maybe a little bit of a sun play, BJ. Yeah, I, I had a couple of looks at that sun play replay last night, looked at 
sectional times as well. It was a good run, good run. He got pretty much just snagged from gate 10 of 10 and, I mean, rev it up, wins from the front. Um, and even even at the top of the straight, it wasn't like it was a real fluent run into the – he had to sort of – got sort of half, yeah. half pratted and like impeded in a way. Um, so it wasn't like that full momentum coming off the coming off the bend into the straight and p- really picked up late and, and hit the line really well. So, uh, yeah, really encouraging debut there from some plane. You could see, you know, this horse running on maybe into a place at a, at a decent place price as well. So I'm hearing what you're saying there. Just in regards to some of the first starters, nice nice soft trial win by Goldkeeper. But that was a five-horse heat, sort of landed leaders back and grabbed the cutaway and it was sort of – Ridden pretty hard. Ridden pretty hard, but then sort of eased up on the line. Just, yeah, a little bit iffy. Similar to Sophia's Symphony, sort of never went around a horse, but – Went to the line under a hold from Joey as a party. Um, thought the trial was was solid enough, but coming into this into this race day experience, house, you know, it's, I, sometimes you feel like you want to see a little bit more. But the one that I really liked was was she's a belter. Actually, got back, sort of squeezed through between runners, hit the line. Gave, didn't necessarily go all that straight for for Lucy Warwick. So uh, obviously hasn't raced so still learning got a lot to learn but uh obvious obvious talent there for um for luke fernie and i see that she's a belter was purchased by justin warwick at the uh jewel perth cup winning trainer justin warwick at the yearling sales and we'll be racing in the uh, justin warwick black with red collar and cuffs white cap colors on saturday hmm Mm, yeah, no, I saw that too. Lucy rode in the trial yep. as well, so you'd probably presume if Lucy was riding at the meeting that um, Lucy would probably be on board too. So, yeah, that that was a nice trial, but I think uh, for me the issue with the trial was that it was set up yeah. for something to run past yeah. them. The leaders were bunching and it was that type of trial, but... Again, this isn't a deep race. Look, as I said, if Costume Party draws a gate, um, we've got him super short. So I think um, I think you need to make the decision what price you need for Chris Parnham to find a spot. And, um, yeah, I, where's the money going to come, Beach? Yeah. The only thought that I can see, uh, Von Snip was, a, was pretty firm in the market. I mean, it was 850, but it never really budged. So... Um, mm-hmm. That was in. You got to remember, Revit Revit ups jumped to dollar exactly. sixty, which means everything else was everything else was out. I actually had to end up having a pretty good crack costume party when it got out to about eight nine dollars. Yeah. I was as in the podcast, I was relatively keen, but the the five bucks at the time wasn't getting me. But um, again, the power of Betfair saw it uh, flip out to nine bucks, and geez, you feel a bit stiff when they flood home like that and just miss um, after being sort of five lengths off them at the two hundred. But um, yeah, well, yeah, a uh, a watch on Chris Parnham. Yeah, just from an SP point of view, last start costume party was six fifty. Von Snip was eight fifty. So Von Snip was having its first start in a race, and costume party already had the exposed form there. So there might be something to take out of that. But just the way that Von Snip began uh, and is a little bit of an iffy stepper. So yeah, that um, from two, you could Kira could end up three back the fence and sort of in traffic mm-hmm. and a bit jammed up. So, but yeah, costume party for me, I was sort of thinking more more with a three in front of it, flat three perhaps for costume party. Um, that would probably do me. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just got to make that decision on price, don't you? Yeah. Anyway, race number three, a horse I know that you have a lot of time for. Two horses 
I should say, yeah. that I know you have a lot of time for. I think you had a good result on both of these runners here, Beach. So I'm interested to hear which way you're going here. Uh, it's over the 1,000 metres for the three-year-olds. This is a cracking little race. When you sort of, what I like to do is just go down to sort of your sixth, seventh horse. You see a horse like Pixie Chicks going around at about 20 to 1. Pixie Chicks was super two starts ago. was really unlucky last start in a $125,000 race. And it's going to go around at nearly 20 to 1. That tells you a story that you've got a really nice race here. But um, the market is heavily favouring Beads and to a lesser extent he's a sizzler I think that is bang on and those two should be clearly at the top of the market uh, which way are you leaning Beach? Uh, I'm going for Beads Beads on top mm. two starts ago took an unbelievable performance from the front bar to knock off Beads over the Ascot 1000 and then he uh, he he took on the older horses in a 1000 metre graduation last start was well placed by Steve Wolf on that occasion drew low well ridden by Sean McGrady from the box seat got out into clear air on straightening and when he let down this horse went whoosh fastest 200 of the day for beads uh, on that occasion really lowered and lengthened and um won like a pretty smart horse so from two sean mcgrady's going to land in a sweet pretty sweet spot again tracking bopping blue and perhaps ultimate command once again which were the two horses that it followed last start something else might want to come across i'm not sure what your map looked like terry but if something else comes across it's going to be three wide Three wide line forming, maybe Osophia or Thomas Magnum, perhaps. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see from a map point of view. But I just feel as though the way that beads can begin, hold a spot, and then sprint off a quick tempo, uh, I think it's going to take a fair horse to be able to come from behind him and beat him just with his closing speed and his strength over the 1,000 metres. Uh, from the good draw as well, he's going to be in position A, just needs... Just needs a clear crack at him and he's going to rock at home. Can he's a sizzler come from a length and a half, two lengths off him on straightening and get past him? I think he can pull pull some ground off him perhaps, but I don't know whether he's going to be able to get, a, get over the top of him. What's your read, Terry? Uh, very similar to yours, yeah. Beige. I think this race will be one uh, run and one on the fence. Bopping blue leads, beads on its back. He's a sizzler, maybe three the fence just about. I think that's probably the winning spot. If, if um, Well, the, the one chance he's a sizzler can get is just to stalk beads and go from yep. there. Um, but I think everything else wider is almost semi-irrelevant because you know Bopping Blue is going to take you a fair way into the race. You'd, you'd think that the Breeze Horse Ultimate Command... Um, Bopping Blue can probably shake it off, so they should be able to push out. And there should be clear galloping room for Beads and then, and then for Heza Sizzler after that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The 1,100 down to 1,000 for Heza uh, Sizzler. I've seen as a bit of a negative as well when you're trying to chase a pretty sharp one. Um, it was actually you that pointed out Beads' last 200 being the quickest of the day, which, um, which is it's highly impressive um for a young horse and the way that race was run so look i think all things being equal sean mcgrady finding the back of bopping blue finding clear air beads will be hard to get past a little bit the price is probably just i was hoping he's a sizzler went up favorite just about mm -hmm. here and we might have um been able to have a bet but i think the market makers and the market creators have got this one pretty much bang on bj there at the time of there's money coming for beads actually as as we speak it's around about 260 beads and 420 he's a sizzler um they went up as high as five bucks some agencies he's a sizzler but look i think that market's about right at this point in time so might hold fire for now and hope for a little bit of a um 
uh, a little bit of a drift on the fair. I, I think I'd need a three to have a bet. Okay. Uh, interesting to note also, <clears throat> you mentioned about Bopping Blue being able to shake off Ultimate Command. Ultimate Command is developing a bit of a habit of laying out on the turn as well, mm. So, um, which was noticeable last start. Um, Sean McGray decided to get out and around Ultimate Command, but... Um, as it turned out, if he had stayed where he was, he could have he could have easily have, have got up in between Bopping Blue and Ultimate Command, or even along the fence. So um, there, I don't I don't expect there to be any issues for Beads being able to get out of the the box seat. And um, if he does, and if he's if he's right on top of them at the two hundred, he's just going to let down. And he's a sizzler. Will make as I said, he's a sizzler. Will launch, um, but I don't think he's going to be able to get uh, Beads over the thousand. Um, as much as um, he's a really smart sprinter in the making, he's a sizzler. Before we leave this race, what are you? What are your thoughts on Rock and Rupert? Was even money favourite in the he's a sizzler race last start. Had a few excuses. Things didn't necessarily go his way. Uh, he's got that strong SP profiling. He was two dollars oh five favour on that occasion. Uh, thoughts on his chances on Saturday? I'm going to wait for either a jockey change or for a race that he can lead, uh, BJ. I don't think horses are going all that well for Peter Nucky at the moment. Um, I think he's just struggling a little bit, maybe confidence as well. That's that's how it appears to me watching him in the country um, as well. It's actually interesting to note that Natasha Faithful looks to me to be riding um, all the Steve Wolf's number ones uh, on Friday at Mount Barker, which uh, it, it's a really well-deserved um, number one uh, spot she has for however long she has it for while Sean's not there um, because she's riding better than anyone in the country and we'll, we'll get to the Perth Cup later but I was really happy to see her get a ride in the Perth Cup as well because she deserves it and I, I'm surprised that they haven't even they someone didn't perhaps try to call on Lisa Staples as well because the way they're riding oh, Lisa in the country, Staples I think if you she's she's deserves a mention and she's just riding incredibly well that's crazy yeah I I think the way some of these jockeys are riding in the country and, and the way horses are going for them so well, um, they're worth consideration rather than perhaps your more noted city jockeys who they're just not riding many winners and they're just not – they don't have the fluency or the confidence up that some of these country riders have. So, um, yeah, look, Rock and Rupert I'm a big fan of, but I've got Rock and Rupert mapped exactly the same as last start, which is the 1-1, one, one, which on the surface looks great. But I don't know, Rock and Rupert – it didn't accelerate like you'd hope when peeling uh, into clear air last start, but he also didn't really get balanced on him properly. Yeah. If you watch him again over the final 50, Rock and Rupert's come to the line really, really well. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, look, it, look, it'd be no surprise to see Rock and Rupert win it. But was it, again, it was I'm, a funny um, old race from a speed point of view as well. I think they went very, very slow early and middle and, and well, it just became like a bit of a sprint sprint home. So, But but they're coming out of a slow race and Beads is coming out of a fast race. So I think I think all the money is going to be for Beads on Saturday. Yeah, you'd think yeah. so. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little bit hopeful in the fact that I want to get three dollars plus here, Beach. But um, yeah, that's it's probably an ambitious ask. But look, there is there is some money horses here. There, there will be some interest in Rock and Rupert. There will definitely be some interest in He's a Sizzler. Um, and there's, as I said, a few others at a price that will, will will chunk up a bit of the market. All it has to take is a little bit of a push for one of those. And um, next thing you know, the the exchange wobbles out to some low threes for beads, and we um, we get excited. We hop in. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, all right, so we're uh, we're holding fire with beads at the moment and, and waiting for a hopefully a slightly better price. We'll see how that shakes out on the Betfair Exchange, betfair.com.au. Race four is the Ascend Sales Trophies Handicap. You got a few Ascend Sales Trophies in the cabinet there, Guru. 
Oh, from my uh, leg spin bowling days. Yeah, we got to, <laughs> we got we got pl- plenty of those. Yeah, had to had to had to uh, hire a storage container to fit them all in. All right, who who has the Karakata plate? Ah, uh, the Pierces have the Karakata plate. We actually bought a um, a replica one, which I never actually picked up off, of, <laughs> uh, which I'm quite glad because I don't think I ever would have put it out anywhere to be honest with you. But uh, I presume the Pierces are going. We need to track down. Somewhere. We need to track down Terry's replica. Character play. You need it. You need it on display. Nah. Mate. You need it on display. <laughs> oh, we, we made one the next morning. We'd had a few frogs yeah, in all fairness. That one. We for a little bit of a brunch. And we just pulled out one of the dinner plates and somebody got a permanent marker and wrote Karakata plate around <laughs> 19 and, and lobbed it on and we took it out on the uh, on the source of this that afternoon. So, yeah, the things you do when you're young and silly, Beach. <laughs> Very good. All right. So, this, uh, this is a 1,000-meter rating 66-plus dash. We have the uh, pretty fast, pretty classy front-running type in uh, Acromantula, lightly raced. Um, he's another who was um, succumbed to the front bar, but uh, that was an excellent performance nonetheless when he was resuming last month. And uh, then we've got an interesting runner in the Ganjimi brothers recruit, Go Forward, who's been quite the find. He looks like a real quality sprinter in the making. Uh, former Yulong horse, I think he had a different name when he raced over East, but Go Forward is uh, impressive, got a lot of closing that's probably, speed. That's probably why I couldn't win. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the name change has been, uh, yeah, he's lost the anchor, okay. so that's for sure. So Acromantula versus Go Forward. I see the market is favouring the leader, Acromantula, narrowly. That's when I looked earlier. I don't know if that's still the case, but... Um, no, it's not the case. It's not the case. No, the market has, no, the market has swung. Um, yeah, I think looking across the board, 240 to 270 in the favour of Go Forward uh, is oh, even sort of 235 to 280 actually mm. uh, in favour of Go Forward. So um, I think the money was always going to come Go Forward again. It, it's been coming start after start after start. I don't think the, the Jan Jemmys have been too perturbed about saying they think this bloke's got a fair bit of talent. Um, and last start's win... I guess we'll, we'll get a line through Divine Pair this afternoon. That's Thursday at Belmont um, in regards to how strong that form line is. But it was fairly arrogant getting held up for the half the straight and then pulling out and demolishing what wasn't a horrible little C5 field um, midweek, BJ. Even if you go to a run further back, you've got Eeyore Ways, uh, who's knocked off Go Forward after Go Forward sat deep the trip. Yeah. And Eeyore Ways, probably a good thing beaten behind Island Charm at its next start. So all the, all the form adds up in that sense. Um, I guess just the, the query always has to be, you're chasing a leader over a 1,000 metres, and this is a leader that it took the front bar till the very last stride to grab, yeah. don't forget. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd be wary about hopping in to Go Forward at, at the current $2.30, $2.40 type thing. But uh, I do agree with you. It very much looks a two-horse, two-horse race. race if yeah. Go Forward Go forward gets the right card up into it, I think it'll probably get Acromantula. But, geez, a lot, uh, over a 1,000 metres, not a lot needs to go wrong um, for a strong leader to kick and just be uncatchable. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd need to see a, a bigger price Go Forward. Or in, in saying that, if Go Forward's belted into $1.90 and Acromantula jumps four sixty, dollars yeah. um, that's, probably, that's probably where my money ends up. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to play Betfair. Acromantula was a two seventy favourite the day it got rolled by uh, the front bar. Uh, led, kicked, looked home and was, yeah, I think it was beating the pimple, really. It was Heart, heartbreaking, BJ. Heartbreaking's the word we're going to use here. So, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Like, Romantula is going to be doing its own thing, following the rail and kicking. Who's going to – the key to go forward is cover. 
clearly from what um, from he's just a different horse, a bit like a Peter's horse who who um, when exposed to the breeze just isn't the same. And then when uh, when given a smother and a suitable setup, he can let loose with some crazy sectionals. This horse, so who's going to be the horse that he's going to follow? That maybe can take him somewhere, or will he have to do the, all the heavy lifting himself on the bend, chasing? So, I think in an ideal world, Brad Parnham would like to get a toe into the race and then sort of, uh, sort of angle outwards and, and roll into the into the Ascot Straight and try to um, use that momentum to run down Acromantula. Interesting to see what horse he's going to follow. Well, it's probably Sunny Silk or Weapon Sun. I mean, the, the name that go forward supporters and. Uh, our, mm-hmm. uh, our mate Chrissy Nelson, uh, one of the part owners, Mr. Juicebox himself, um, one of yeah. the horses they would not like seeing drawn directly underneath it is Klondike Kenny. Uh, Klondike on its day can actually jump out the gates okay, and if, if, if Klondike's the horse you're on the back of and Klondike's um, trying to get an Ola uh, from the 500, uh, it simply could mean Acromantula's so far ahead that it needs to run a 32 last uh, last six or a you know a 10 second last two and it's not it's not going to be uh, doable so um the, the maths maths are against him yeah, yeah certainly I, i'd love to know why acromantula's had the 49 days off though there was a really suitable race for acromantula on uh, when was it i think it was around the 4th of december um maybe they're keeping him fresh but to me that more screams just a little setback um but i again i'm not too sure what the uh what the issue is there but again it's 125 p.m how strong's that westerly is the easterly going to be in over a thousand meters probably not as big a deal but um i'm happy to bet via price here beach i think i'm two dollars 35 go forward three dollars 30 acromantula i thought i was a bit closer than that actually so um and then i've got weapon sun as your third favorite 13 dollars purely on the fact that it's an unknown weapon sun for Lindsay smith yep, maybe he's got it to improve a few lengths and it maps pretty nicely yeah i basically only priced the two horses i was two thirty go forward two ninety acromantula yeah it's a big Big chunk of the market. So I've got them taking up 72% of my 100% market, and you've got them even a touch shorter, so probably 75%, 80%. So we're basically saying yeah. they're $1.20 for one of the two to win. Um, yeah, so. yeah, so I'm 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 willing to play the market here, BJ. As if the, the money keeps coming for go forward, crazy. If that crazy money comes again and it starts 1.9, I mean, probably probably willing to have something on Acro. Yeah, yeah. So Yulong Progress was its name before the uh, before it came to WA and um, is uh, now known as Go Forward. That um, Melbourne Cup Day win was mightily impressive um, over the Ascot, eleven hundred meters. Had excuses after that in its two runs. Um, bit, bit stiff not to win both those. Um, Lacta was was good enough to get Lacta out of a bit of a jam midweek the other day. Uh, Brad Parnham goes back on board. Good draw, good weight. I, yeah, I think go forward has the has the uh, the big engine um, to gun down Acromantula, but sort of heeding what Terry has to say. And uh, it's another market watch. Betfair, Betfair uh, Exchange dot com dot Bet uh, bet smarter and harder. That's right. Okay, well let's take a break and uh, we'll come back for the WA Racing Mundaring Hotel. Sorry. That's, I just did a Terry Lane. The <laughs> Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind. We've got Mitchell Pateman taking on Lockie Taylor. 
All right, it is now time for the WA Racing Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition. BJ, I nearly got it right the first time. Yeah, almost, almost. Thanks, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you listened to the 1 1. Uh, also, uh, big. It's a bit of a shame. His uh, huge New Year's party has been, uh, has been, um, I guess, changed a little bit with the uh, with the COVID protocols at the moment. But it is all happening up at the Mundaring. Uh, feed, flutter, frothies, family atmosphere. The big big deck's been raging all summer. So um, yeah, it's all it's all good stuff up at the Mundaring. So make sure that if you are in the neighbourhood, you uh, support our sponsors, the good folk up there at the Mundaring Hotel. Now, Guru, we've got a special contest today. Lockie Taylor is going for four masterminds on the bounce, but the man that currently stands in his way is dual licensed jockey trainer Mitchell Pateman. G'day, Mitchell. Yeah, good morning, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. Um, how's the confidence levels going into your clash with uh, with Lockie? No, nah, no, nah, more nervous than confident. Yeah, no, I've done more homework on this than uh, I do on any races. So, you know, the pressure's building. Uh, Chrissy Parnham last week blamed a lack of race experience because Lockie's obviously now had uh, these four hitouts plus a couple at his first crack. Uh, are, are you worried that a lack of uh, mastermind experience could come to the fore? You could race a bit greenly today. Yeah, well, I'm in a, I reckon I'm in a bit of bother if Chris can't knock him off because no one knows more than him. So <laughs> I just said to him, I'm going to have to do what he can't. So, no, the pressure's on. How, uh, how before we get into the uh, the quiz, mate, how's the, how's the training treating you? Uh, yeah, a lot of place getters without any winners, but uh, hopefully we can change that today. So, you know, I've got it. Good chance today, so fingers crossed we can get a winner. Good luck with Knight's Mystery at, uh, at Belmont today, Mitchell. So uh, we've got um, M. Pateman ready to rock and roll, and he's going to take on the, the current mastermind, Lockie Taylor. Lockie, welcome back to the show. Thanks, BJ. How are you? Very well. Merry Christmas to both you guys, actually. How was, uh, how was your, uh, your festive season thus far, Lockie? Good. Been busy. Most of my mates haven't had to work, so I've been trying to live their lifestyle while still working the normal hours, which has been difficult Oof. at times, especially on Christmas morning and afternoon, but other than that, it's been good fun. Well, the horses aren't going to feed themselves, <laughs> especially when you've got one of the fancies in the uh, in the Perth Cup, mate. Before we get into this uh, mastermind, just give the listeners a bit of a heads up. How's Black Shadow heading into the big one on New Year's Day? Uh, going super, couldn't be happier with him at the moment. Obviously, his run in the ATA was a little bit flat, but we probably just worked him a touch too hard leading into that. And since then, we've backed right off him, and he's a horse that always goes best when you train him on the lighter side. So, dropping five kilos and just having a little bit of a, a change in preparation leading into Saturday, I think we'll see the best of him, and he shouldn't be far away. Excellent. Good basically, luck. basically Good declaring luck. him, Lockie. Yeah, yeah, moral. That sounded like a declaration. The, the only thing that was missing from that, Terry, was just wins, I think. So oh, I don't. Don't even. Don't, I'm not even going to go there. They'll actually. Yeah, they'll, I think that the, the, right, the Taylor man. household would hate me. I know. We'll get, we'll get some hate. All right, man. So we've got uh, Mitchell Payman, Lockie Taylor. Your names are your buzzers. And to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to be the first to answer three questions correctly. 
Terry. Okay. Challenger, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Oh, thank God I didn't have to do that again. Mastermind, are you ready? All good to go, Terry. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Who am I? Oh, geez, I haven't even got it in front of me. Who am I? I debuted in 2015, winning 12 of my 38 starts and amassing a tick over $1.5 million in prize money. I won a listed race at Caulfield, was placed in a Group 1 in Brisbane and ran fourth in a Group 3 at Randwick, but it was my exploits in Perth that made my career. Uh, out of my 12 wins, six different hoops won on me, with five of those winning on me in black type races. Those hoops were Brad Rewilla, Glenn Smith, William Pike, Jared Noski, Peter Hall, and CJP was the one who didn't win a black type Mitchell. race on me. Mitchell Pateman. Mitchell. Star exhibit. Ah, go Mitchell. I'm, I can't actually cheer for someone out loud, can I? <laughs> He's going. I got a bit. <laughs> I got a bit excited there. It is. It's star exhibit. Despite having first choice on my mount on me, William Pike opted against riding me in two Perth Cups. This proved to be a poor decision when his mounts never landed. <laughs> Action could only watch me sail past. I proved my versatility late in my career by winning the 2019 Lee Steer Stakes with Peter Hall in the saddle. I am star exhibit. I am star exhibit. Mitchell Payman won Lockie Taylor on the back foot early. We've, we've got a contest, Guru. Next question. Between 1990 and 2003, the Perth Cup was won six times by what current WA trainer? Lockie. Lockie Taylor. Alan Matthews. Alan Matthews is correct. Boom. Six, six, <laughs> six times the Cup's king, Alan Matthews. That was quite an incredible run that uh, he had in the, uh, in the 90s and the uh, noughties. So one, one. All right, next question. Name the only two female jockeys to ride Perth Cup winners. Lockie. Mitchell. Oh, lucky. Lucy Warwick and Kira Yule. Lucy Warwick and Kira Yule is correct. Lockie, two. Mitchell, one. Come on, Mitchell. Oh, come on, Mitchell. All right. Yeah. How many Perth Cup winners did the recently retired Peter Hall ride? Lockie. Yeah. Oh, Lockie Taylor. Is that me? Three. Three oh. is correct. <laughs> Three is correct. No one's ever going to beat him. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. That was clinical. These jocks, honestly, what are they thinking? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Now he's starting to sledge after the. Now he's starting to sledge. Oh, my God. Mitchell, did you know the answer to the holy question? I didn't know the Hawley one. I knew the other two, but yeah. I wasn't quick enough for them too. But I didn't know the Hawley one. No, I couldn't tell you that one. P. Hall won on Black Tom. He won on Delicacy and he won on Star Exhibit. So three... Uh, three Perth Cups to the new Cups King, Peter Hall, now uh, now one of the riding coaches, riding masters at, uh, at Rawa. So, um, well, congratulations. That's four on the trot for Lockie Taylor. Mate, you just uh, you're just killing it. Life is good. How does it feel, mate? I tell you what, I'll give Mitch some credit. That was the most nervous I've been for any of them. Oh. 
just on the basis that if I lost to Mitch, I would not have heard the end of it from Jason Brown. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it's, good. It's, it's good that you beat me. Now I won't hear the end of it from Jason Brown. <laughs> 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 uh, very good. Hey, Mitch, thanks for being a great sport, putting your hand up to come on the uh, come on the mastermind. And um, you might have uh, finished second today, but hopefully Knight's Mystery can, uh, can finish first at Belmont for you this afternoon. Thanks, mate, and uh, thanks again for supporting the show. Right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good man, Mitch. And Lockie, mate, you'll be back to uh, for try and equal Jay Rooney with the uh, with a five, Pete. Rooney. Are you uh, you ready to you ready to defend next Thursday? Yeah, just be nice to me and dish up another jock, and it'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to his head far too much, isn't it? <laughs> can we try? Can we try and get Brownie on? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's not bad actually. That that's is not, not bad. bad. That is not bad. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to tease something like that. Oh, that'd be good. But uh, if, if that was the case, you'd make the English cricket team feel good anyway. <laughs> 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 he's uh, he's he's really in the groove, isn't he, at the moment, Lockie Taylor? Uh, with, as far as the mastermind is concerned. But we've got a uh, there is a roadblock, a Terry Layton roadblock. In the way as he strives for uh, five next Thursday. Thanks again, Lockie. Enjoy your week as the uh, WA Racing Mastermind and Mitchell Pateman. Thanks again. Catch up soon, fellas. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. How about that, Guru? Yeah, I'm pretty excited when Mitch uh, Jagstar exhibit. He got it pretty early as yeah, well because yeah. um, I made a point of mentioning Brad Rewilla and Glenn Smith yep. first yeah. with Star Exhibit with the jockeys, um, sort of Hid, Noski and Hall, who are probably the two more, uh, and Pikey, obviously, yeah. uh, probably the more memorable ones uh, with the uh, with the Perth Cup wins and Pikey riding him for a lot in his career. But, um, yeah, Lockie, he's just too, he's just too quick. Uh, a bit like Mitchell, probably knew the answers to him, but if I was up against Lockie, I'm a million to one. Yeah, um, yeah, he's very quick. To get him to get him as quick as Locke. So, yeah, anyway, I reckon next week we might have him beat. All right, all right. Um, pretty impressive stuff there from Lockie Taylor. I wonder if uh, a couple of these other we the, a couple of these other questions might have slipped him up and given Mitchell a bit of a uh, bit of a rails run. But uh, anyway, he is the mastermind once again. That's four times in a row, and uh, yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be aiming for a fifth next Thursday morning. Um, and yeah, that uh, that challenger is yet to be revealed, but uh, will be a good one. So looking forward to that. And yeah, Jason Brown. That would be uh, that would be something. Uh, L Taylor versus Jay Brown. That would be uh, especially if they um, happen to combine to win the Perth Cup on uh, on Saturday. If we can get them to face off on the Mastermind, that'll be something. So anyway, that is the WA the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Run and Done for episode one hundred and eight. And we're back with race five, the Amelia Park Handicap, over fourteen hundred meters. Gee whiz, when I was doing the market for this race, I felt for uh, our man, Brad McManus, over there at uh, Bradbet, because uh, I was really, <laughs> I, was, I was really, really struggling uh, to wrap my head around I think, this he, I think he's done pretty well. I he thought he did really more. well. did really well. I think, he went about, I think he went about six bucks the field, which I think you had to do. I didn't see what, um, his, final, I didn't see what his final percentage was, but this was, a, this was about as tough as it gets from, uh, from a market-making point of view. 
Yeah, but it's also the same for punters here because there isn't really any obvious standout. I mean, I I thought I'd found one. Then the more I sort of looked at it, I'm like, well, everyone's going to find this. And I can actually see on your little uh, – on your preview, Bees, that you've got him on top. Uh, him? Her? Her. 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 Yeah. Him. Her. Her yeah. on, top as, uh, on top as well. But – yeah, dearie me, it's a um, it's a challenging little race. Let's start with a speed, Matt. Let's go right back to the beginning. Oh, and um, just just before we do, um, the uh, there were a few double engaged, but I think they've all come out now, Terry, because there's the uh, the Mandra Cup on uh, Pinjarra on the Monday. Uh, so I know Ginger Baker, Island Missile, um, Crystal Dane. Miss Vasari, there's quite a few of them were uh, were crossed over. I'm just refreshing my screen at the moment. It looks like they've all come out, so it's clear. So they're all, all this this field at the moment. These 14 runners are all, all heading to this race. So we'll start again. Speed map. Speed map. Uh, who did you have leading this event? Do you think they'll uh, continue to be aggressive on Crystal Dane and roll around them and and go to the top? I do. Yeah, it does look the most uh, the most obvious leader. It's a different horse under Dion, isn't it? You go back to its um, even its second uh, behind Miss Vasari. Third was Macanto. Sat deep the trip. They didn't go quick, but still a, a highly impressive performance. And then last start, uh, I know you and I were both pretty keen um, on Crystal Dane, and uh, we didn't get to watch the race unfortunately yeah. because of some yeah. technology issues. Um, but we got the we got the result nonetheless. I was actually Tommy Johnston was on as well actually, and uh, it was him that texted me and said we got up. I said, "How do you know that, Tommy?" Um, but uh, yeah, look, watching that replay, um, pretty impressive win. There, there were some slow ones behind her, which enabled Sean McGrady to kick clear. But it wasn't a day for leaders either, BJ. So. Um, I don't know. A part of me feels like Jesus Crystal Dane just had her win, or is Crystal Dane a different horse under mm. Dion Luciani? Like, let's have a look at the Ascot record of uh, Crystal Dane before Dion. Fifteen starts, never placed. That's not good. Since <laughs> Dion, since since Dion, two starts for a dominant win and a yeah. deep the entirety second. So Crystal Dane might have got about five lengths out of Chris. Uh, Dion might have got about. Five I don't know how. De- I honestly don't know how Dion's doing. He's the busiest man in Ascot. He pre-trains. He breaks babies in. He trains his own. He's got a huge amount of horses there, and then he just keeps settling up winners like Revit Ups, just flying. Sockoff bolted in. Smashed the clock at Pinjarra there yesterday, and he's he's got some good Dane. some good horses. One down the straight yesterday, actually. That's true. Yeah, congratulations, TK Layton <laughs> on uh, Material Witness. But he's got Crystal Dane, a six-year-old mare of Sharon Miller, and uh, all, you know, all of a sudden it's it's. I guess it's in career best. So start start fifty five and fifty six has just come out and gone whack. So whatever you're doing, Dion, keep it up, mate, because it's uh, mm. tremendous, tremendous. Considering the workload that he he isn't just focused on training thoroughbreds, he's got all these other sides of his his business as well. And for him to be getting the results, he is obviously it's a team effort. But Dion, like, well done, mate. Good stuff. I'm just looking around. I mean, it's it's creeping out now to sort of it's seven eight dollars across uh, with different agencies. I mean, does it get to a point where the obvious leader who's flying, who a trainer's got it up and about, just makes sense as the investment? I mean, I'm you just think, oh, it, it had its win. I hate now. I, I I am someone that punts with that type of mentality, and you sometimes you don't just look at facts and figures, but you look at intuition about a certain horse and that. And that, that's sort of my feel with Crystal Dane, but. I mean, for me, that's getting out to a, a sort of a bit of a backable price there. Mm. Um, at uh, at that seven eight, any anything right. near just, ten. Just is, curious, is, what what was your market? Just give me the ones I, I guess under ten dollars. 
Very well. I've only got two horses under ten dollars. Um, yep. That was I had Crystal Dane four fifty. I've got written down here, but I you, I wrote. I, this was the last race I did for the night, and I was I struggled. Um, I was hoping we'd see ten dollars try for us each way, and yep. that was just going to be a pretty easy investment. It's sort of I think it's around six dollars around the agency's page. I haven't refreshed uh, try for us seven six. Yeah, six seven. So I'm five fifty try for us. But then even look, I'm I'm ten dollars Crescent City. It's fourteen. I. I actually read your little thing and you basically said exactly what I was thinking. And if I could map Crescent City, it would have been the um, the go. I, I don't know where the winkers on, whether they tell Kira to push forward and land outside of um, Crystal Dane. And I, th I think that almost might be a winning move or a really strong move potentially, um, but it's just so hard to map it. Trade War was gifted a race the other day, but I think Trade War can win again. I've got yeah. 11. I've got Seminole Brave 11. Bit disappointed Seminole Brave didn't let down a little bit better. Um, I know it ran second to Bacanto, which on the service looks great. But Sean O'Donnell gave it a 10. I felt it was entitled to do a touch more in the last okay. 50. So I worry about the killer blow, re Seminole Brave. Uh, and then I'm out the door. I mean, your favourite's Miss Vasari at the moment. I'm $19. I don't think Miss Vasari runs out 1400 That's just my yep. feel. So I'm willing to take it on. I'm willing to take on Chevelle de Varga, who's $8 at the moment. I'm $20. Um, just from the barrier. It's flying. Just from the barrier with cash on. It's, it's a really tough steer for an apprentice. And memorable Miss, I'm $29. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's eight bucks. So another one I'm willing to take on. So look, current current market i guess i'm i'm having something crystal day eight bucks i'm having something try for us seven i'm potentially having something crescent city 14 um but it, it feels like a race i'm going to back three and not run a place you know so <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of those um, no, i mean yeah. i mean there's there's lots of lots of horses that um will be supported in some way shape or form i mean top weight ginger baker's got some quality to him he's um he's only going to come forward uh, second up with the Pondophon, Island Missiles racing well, worth a risk has won 300 euro in Albany. The, the list goes on. I mean, de <laughs> will people will people go again with Downforce? Geez, the, uh, they're, they're no. pretty brave if they do. Um, no. But but for me, I just thought that sounds I like thought, a Kieran Evans type of horse. That sounds like a Kev type of horse. <laughs> Downforce. Well, I know Kev's a big tweeter about Jadavi, and I tell you what, if he's, I hope he's stuck fat recently because he's definitely got his cash. Yeah. Uh, he's got his cash back, but geez, those the downforce punters. I reckon you've just about. Uh, you just about I, I think I, I think downforce got got one of our men the other day. Oh, I got I got most of us the other day when it when it drifted out to sort of nearly five bucks. I think half of Perth ended up on downforce. I, I saw uh, I saw Brad McManus a tweet mm. from a post race tweet from Brad McManus, which is rare, but um, it happened. So um, tell me why you like try for us. Oh, well, I, I first up, you forget it went around. It was four date the trip. Clint basically just said at the top of the straight, I've given this a horrid ride. Let's just put it away. Yeah. Last start, it was Durant's number two pick. I'm pretty was Clint. Jade rode uh, try for us. She was far too defensive out the gates. I'm not yeah. really sure yeah. why. She just she just let it just get right back. Didn't ask she, for any time. She jumped, no jumped, well from, jumped well from five and ended up last on the fence, basically. So. Yeah. It was a very odd sort of steer, but... Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I thought it hit the line very, very nicely. That was a bunched finish, though. So you're yeah. always wary about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't. I, I thought it was probably a better run than uh, Miss Vasari, and I think it's the one probably most suited rising to the fourteen hundred out of those two. Yeah. Um, ben Kennedy on from Barrier One. I, I think with a bit more aggression, they can just about try and hold the back of um, Crystal Dane. Though I, d I do worry. 
I do worry that um, they might end up through the fence, and it's it's hard from through the fence. I worry about try for us as killer blow, but I worry about all of these horses killer blow. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah. so um, I'm definitely not rushing in at six seven bucks. That's not a I have to be on type of price, but. Um, yeah, I think sometimes I've just got to look at my market and say, look, I'm, I'm probably just going to go again with Crystal Dane if it's if it's 7 or $8. Um, it just it, it makes the most sense. You're going to have the horse out in front. You're going to have a horse that's it's not just put in one good run now, but it's put in two, so there's a bit of continuity there. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm pretty fluid here. I'm not, I'm not sure which way I'll go. Yeah, okay. So for me, I like uh, in a absolute raffle, I like try for us. If Crescent City drew half a... Gate, I'd be pretty keen on on him. He was he was quite the run last start for third. Um, yeah, just gate eleven, sticky sticky sort of setup there. Yeah. And yeah, and like what you mentioned with Trade War, uh, that was good. That was a good first up win. Look, but I don't, Michael Lane's not really. He's quite patient with his horses. He places them really well. He's not one for the old the rush of blood type programming, and for him to go nine days trade war second up into this race suggests that um, yeah, there's a level of confidence there for uh, for trade war who looks like a um, a horse who will progress through the grades. So, um, but yeah, in a um, in a sort of dark job of going for uh, for try for us for uh, comeback who Benny Kennedy. Yep, dartboard job. That's uh, that's very well said. Good luck for those taking an early quaddy and snagging this leg. Race six is the Furphy, some scorcher listed race over the 1,000 metres. Always been, uh, what's the traditional sprint race on Perth Cup Day? Uh, $125,000 on the table. Now, they couldn't get a top weight in this race, Terry, so it's a 83 plus, and it's ended up being quite a good handicap as a result so even though mm. it's seven points or three and a half kilos less than your standard listed race from a um ratings point of view it's actually turned out to be quite good and and anything that wins it isn't going to be too harshly penalized from a ratings point of view so i think this has fallen quite well uh floyd top weight 59 and then we've got four runners on the uh, on the 54 minimum and so a nice spread of weights and a good contest and i guess most people will be tossing up between uh, Miss Kentucky and the front bar. Which way are you leaning? A little bit stiffer, sort of uh, Luke and uh, David Harrison with uh, Mervyn and Gemma's son who find a 90 plus and get in close to the minimum. And uh, it would have been, yeah, I, I felt a little bit for those two with the re-handicapping to the 83 plus. Because, um, I mean, if it does remain something, if you get a 100 rater pop into it, then you've got a horse like... Uh, Miss Kentucky, who's the weighted horse in the race now, obviously, um, you get sort of, you're, you're getting, well, you're probably getting another four kilos on Miss Kentucky, three kilos, um, Mervyn would be. So um, it's the big winner. It's definitely the big winner from the um, from the re-rating to an 83 plus. But you are right. This is a, it's a really good, uh, good horse race. Um, I was interested to see how short the front bar went up. Um, Brad didn't actually. Brad was a bit uh, longer with the front bar. I think he was sort of. What did uh, what did what did our man Brad do? I think he was mid threes or so with the front bar. But Green Tab have gone up sort of two dollars ten with the front bar, which was um, for me that's uh, that's gross unders. That's not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Brad bet three ten uh, compared to this is opening prices compared to Miss Kentucky three thirty. 
Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I think they went up 210 uh, green tab, which, as I said, that's that's a bit wild for a horse taking on the older horse's first time. It loses William Pike, hasn't had a run in six weeks, uh, is below its grave handicap-wise, can't utilise its three-year-old allowance. Um yeah, it's uh, it could definitely win BJ, but it's for me it's more of a six dollar chance than a uh, than a what price is it now? Around two thirty, best two two thirty. Grow yeah. oh, grow up, everybody. Two dollars thirty? No, I don't think so. Dear me, so I didn't actually realise how short it was. Um, no, that's 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 a bit thin. That, that's a bit thin. You're I, not I'm having that. Definitely not saying no, I can't win. Not having no, that. definitely not having that. No, no, grow up. Um, so the, the front bar, we've got to probably look to take on. Really interesting speed map, I thought, this one, BJ. Yep. So Mervyn, um, tell you what, if this was a 90 plus, I reckon I would have found it hard not to be on Mervyn here. But the, the weight swings and you go back to its clashes with Miss Kentucky and it's, 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 it's unlucky um, that he has to carry the, uh, the extra weight here because Big Merv's, I think, really well suited. I think Brad Willer is the perfect hoop to keep a front running uh, bloke like Mervyn going and perhaps find that uh, extra length. So Mervyn should lead him up, but it was incredible that there's a real dearth of speed um, outside of Mervyn. You've got Jemison and Long Beach drawn nine and ten, and they're, they're the obvious second and third horses yeah. here. Like, there's a... There's a gap, like Miss Kentucky's probably in fourth just about. The front bar can probably be a bit more aggressive and I think Clint will come across and the front bar probably lands somewhere near the 1-1 one, one after I've just given it that, that slap. It's probably going to end up in in one of the better spots here. Um, but, I mean, the rest of the runners, E-Always, Jericho, Floyd, Cryptic, All Day Session, they're all going to get right back. So there's, even though you've drawn wide with Long Beach and Gemma's son, I don't think it's the end of the world for those two runners from a, um, a speed map point of view. And, I almost think that the back of Mervyn could be there for Gemma's son to, to tap across and, um, and and stalk. I don't know if you had anything looking anything like that, BJ. I've almost got it exactly um, as you laid out. I think um, Gemma, yeah. Gemma's and Long Beach will, will come across. Mervyn will be doing Mervyn things out in front. Um, and there's big gaps in the map. So they can come across and yep. drop in or one of them can, can stay one off. Uh, Long Beach sort of doesn't mind doing it toughish in that spot. So... I think it was three wide no covered the entire in the reeves and got beaten a neck or something like that so um or, or whatever it was half a length so he can he can roll and then you're right it, paul harvey can can come across and then tuck in on on get the trail on mervyn's back from nine which is quite remarkable really but but you're right there's no secondary speed other than those two so and i had i'm I, like what you said i had miss kentucky landing fourth yeah, which is quite interesting. Miss Kentucky has actually raced outside the speed bunts in the past yeah, and went over um, 1,200 really well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I'd be very surprised if Miss Kentucky, currently 320, I'm just looking, 230 the front bar. I'll be very surprised, BJ, if Miss Kentucky doesn't start favourite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think that, I think that'll be the weight of money. Uh, the front bar's a current boom horse and everything, but there's question marks on the front bar. So those questions can't be answered at $2.30 against this type of horse. You're taking last start when it beat Beads. Um, Pixie Chicks, you were taking 250 late. Now they're asking you to take a lower price um, in a race that's obviously um, far harder. So yeah, um, and it's I, and I it's also that's, that's a massive overreaction. It's also been sold. So this is last start, like it's heading east. So um, interesting because they're going to run here. They're going to get the four points to catch up to the handicap, and then obviously the four points if they win it. So they're probably taking eight points here to win this race. Um, yeah, yeah, it could, well, and if, so. it could have probably could have gone around that three hundred thousand again as well under the set weights and penalties. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah, so the front bar is a seventy nine radar, and this is a eighty three plus. So effectively, if the front bar wins, it's going to be two uh, metro 
ratings. But anyway, I don't think they'll be too yep. concerned about that, especially if they can get some some valuable black type next to her name. So, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think um, I think the money's going to come for Miss Kentucky. I can see her landing uh, two two and a half three lengths in front of the front bar, and with fifty four and a half kilos, she won't on her back. She won't know herself. And if Simon A's got this this mare ready to rock and roll, uh, can the front bar spot Miss Kentucky a head start and get past her? She's got some wheels, Miss Kentucky. So. Yeah, well, I think the front bar, again, we've seen the front bar go forward as well, so don't be surprised. Uh, the, Clint will be aware that he's got Gemma's son and Long Beach directly outside of him. I, I think yeah. they'll try and tag um, those two across, and, and the 1-1 one, one should be there. The 1-1 one, one should just about be there for the front bar. If that mm. all eventuates, as it does, as I said, there should be big gaps, I think. So I think there won't be any issues with Clint finding a spot. Yeah. Um, but that that on its own will be a really interesting watch early because there's obviously you could say, well, the front bar didn't keep up with them, but was that because Pike restrained? If he actually was asked for that bit of more of an effort early, um, would he have been able to hold a, a more forward spot? So that that on its own will be an intriguing part of the race and something people will debate. But um, I, I don't think the biggest danger to Miss Kentucky is the front bar, even if landing in the one one. I'm I'm just I'm going to take a set against it at that price. If it beats me, it beats me. That's that's fine. But um, yeah. look, my I'm I'm going to look a little bit further afield. And and for me, Gemma's son is one of the better value bets of the day. Um, BJ, I, I'm willing to forget it went around first up. Christy Bennett uh, got everything wrong on Gemma's son. Christy Bennett's a, a pretty low percentage jockey at the moment as well. Horses aren't going for her. They're improving panels after she goes off. Mm-hmm. Um, as harsh as that may sound, uh, Paul Harvey going on this horse. Like, how, how do you quantify that when you've got a really nice map as well? Um, how yeah. do you quantify that? How do you quantify that into lengths? Because um, Paul Harvey's ridden Gemma's son seven times for four wins. The other three losses were all in black type races when it's gone super. Yeah. Um, the last time Harvey was in the saddle was when it won the Magic Millions by three and a half. Lanks in a pretty similar setup. Um, yeah, Harvey will come across. And the last time uh, Gemma Sun won, actually, Christy Bennett was on board. It was at Bunbury. We got the bus up there that yeah, day together, Bunbury BJ. Yeah. And um, it was a very similar setup where there was a roller, maybe a Charlton Eddie from memory, out in front rolling along. Christy tagged, hopped off, and, and it won really quite comfortably. So um, they're all going to have to catch Jemison. And can they do that with Paul Harvey over a 1,000 metres on a nice suitable map? I don't know if they can. Um, yeah. Miss Kentucky and Jemison raced last campaign, and this is probably the best comparison you'll get. Now, Miss, Ken- uh, Miss Kentucky gets, I think, about three kilos on Jemison for that run. But mm-hmm. Jemison got lost in a bit of traffic. It was back... Um, I think it was about three back the fence. Bo Banovich Edwards was on that day. They both sort of got clear at the same time, and there was nothing between the two runs. They basically hit the line together. Um, yeah, and then they then they um, they both went around the bowfine as well. With the follow- yeah, uh, the yeah, they did. And Jemison, while Jemison finished ahead of Miss Kentucky that day on the heavy eight, I just I sort of just don't worry about that. It's a different yeah, race yeah, for my yeah. mind. On the bog, yeah. it's uh, I'm not going to worry about that. But that's I guess that's another pointer in 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 Jemison. Well, a tick in the Jemison box if you wanted to use that. That. Mm-hmm. Um, as Cripper says, we just we just use whatever stat fits our narrative. So I probably should use that here, <laughs> saying as I'm tipping it. Um, but um, I just think, even though I'm losing those few kilos, what I'm gaining from the apprentice to Paul Harvey going on is potentially worth more than that little weight swing. So um, look at the price, ten dollars each way. It's it's um, yeah, Jemison is probably um, yeah, it's it's a bet for me. It's either either I should clarify that it's either each way Jemison or save Miss Kentucky. That they're, they're the two ways I'd look at playing it. If you can get high twos a place, maybe each way Gemma's son. If you're talking low twos, um, then maybe back Gemma's son win and get your money back. 
three dollars plus Miss Kentucky. They're they're the two ways I'd I'd look at playing this race, but um, I'm quite confident. Bj. All right. So at the moment, Jemison ten dollars, bit of eight dollars. Okay. Yeah. I was nine fifty Jemison, so third favourite. Yeah, that's interesting, Terry. That you might have convinced me of something there. Yeah, oh, but um, I don't want to convince you too hard. Yeah, but um, yeah, Miss Kentucky on top for mine. Uh, outstanding Ascot thousand meter horse. Trusting uh, Simon A to have this mare ready to rock and roll, and this it, it, look it just looks so set up for, her, especially the way that the weights have fallen and yep. the draw the means barrier, that, the barrier as well. Yeah. yeah, the draw means that she's just gonna be in the spot without having to burn. So yeah, if she's on top of her game, I can see Miss Kentucky uh, to uh, to gunning them all down. Like, do we do we have any idea why she went out? After she got beat first up by Hot Z on the 9th of October, have you, did you no, hear anything? No, was there a I, setback or anything that we need to be? That? No, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I think it's a smart move though. Attacking the winter bottom would have been uh, insane. That graceful girls come through on a sort of similar sort of path, yeah. I guess, to yeah. Miss Kentucky to some degree. I don't think Miss Kentucky has the capabilities to do what Graceful Girl did. Um, yeah, you'd suspect with with Simon, he probably would have kept going down that path, wouldn't they? Um, well, that's, that's so what the talk. Especially when it was a, it's a WA only winter bottom, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what the talk was. But anyway, it's shaken out quite well for her because she can go through the Summer Scorch, Scenic uh, Blast, Miss Andretti, Cyril Flower race series, and and um, yeah, and uh, so it's probably fallen quite well for her as long as she holds it together. But yeah. I like I like Miss Kentucky. I like the price. I, um, ticks a lot of boxes for me, and I, I think she'll be winning. And uh, yeah, I might follow you in there with a little Gemma Sun nibble as well. Yeah, I, I think just while the front bar's that short, we're getting a bit of rain about a couple of others. So um, yeah, why not? Uh, why not try and uh, get one beaten? That what, what price were you the front bar? Uh, I was three fifty front bar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what price it jumps. Is every chance I'll end up with a egg on the face, but uh, won't be for the first or the last time, BJ. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Race seven, the Mum Champagne Handicap. This is a sixteen hundred meter ratings sixty six plus affair. Last start, the PRG was very keen on MTA. Are we going to be going again? Uh, I've got it on top. I, I'm. I've got it on top and I got it shorter than its current price, but I we we talked about Lactar for a while as the free two kilos, one and a half at the moment. I don't I don't know if Lactar's going quite as well as he was then. And Trevor Andrews is probably a low percentage trainer to some degree as well. So whether I want to be hopping in at four bucks, as I said, I'm three forty. It's mm. yeah, I, I'm not you know what I mean? I'm it's above my price and it's 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 the one I'll I'll tip, but I'm not. I'm not jumping out of my skin to be on. Um, the map looks really nice. Um, I have Harry Thomas leading the verdict, probably in the breeze. Ginger Fly can grab the back yep. of Harry, and then you've got MTA should come across and probably get the one-one um, on the back of the That's, verdict. That was my map. You got Superior Smile and Juicing Carrots and Twelve and Fourteen. I don't know if they can impact. Um, I don't know if they can impact too much the map. One of them maybe gets a three wide no cover. But I've got juicing carrots marching three wide no cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess the worry there is if juicing carrots goes better than the verdict, um, 
MTA gets sort of dragged back through the field a bit, and that's that's not where you want to be. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, look, it's not a race I, I get a huge feel for. If, if I was getting five dollars MTA, I'd be like, yeah, I feel I feel good about that. Um, but I don't feel great yeah. about four dollars. The horse that's a hundred percent ready to win is Bruce Almighty. Two starts ago, might not flatter all yeah. that much, but just travelled so nicely into the race. Didn't really let down, um, but just travelled so nicely. Then last start. I reckon you won't see a better losing ride than that on from Chrissy Parnham. Yeah, um, he's run second, but the way he's taken off just a little bit early when he saw Holly Watson sort of just half asleep on um, Ginger Flyer and held Ginger and made Flyer, made yeah. sure he held Ginger Flyer in as he went past. That's that's the reason they've run second and not third there. I thought that was just um, yeah, very clearly right. It's just from Barry Eleven. He's he's going to be hoping probably for a three wide line on the back of either Superior or Juicing Carrots and. Um, yeah, I definitely think Bruce Almighty can win again. I'm six fifty Bruce Almighty, so the ten dollars each way around is is a possibility to consider. Um, but look, it's a good race for me just to, to wait and see how they're playing. If the three wide line's huge and that's where they're winning from, it's a place you want to be. Then might look at it. If if, if the rail's red hot and they're they're kicking and, and giving something out in front, the horse I threw out last start, BJ, that I thought went super against Patton was Harry Thomas. Um, yeah, I think it was one of the only leaders all day to give a kick like it did, and um, yeah, I, th- I thought it went super. But yeah, my my mind's pretty open here as, as to which way I'm going to go. But um, yeah, Ginger Fly, the only three horses that are clear in my market. Has uh, it got a bit of a funk to it this race? Maybe I, I think there's a big gap between MTA mm. Bruce Almighty, the Ginger Fly form, and the rest of it. They're they're the three that yeah. I'm sort of focusing yeah. on. But I'm yeah, I'm not desperate to dive in. Um, to dive in anyway. I thought very fast is one that might go up 30 to one. Um, but the market the market yep. hasn't missed it. And Bragwell for me is a query at sort of 16, 1800. I'd like to see Bragwell stick to probably 1400 meters, but um, it's suited back to a 66 plus on, on the minimum. So uh, back to this distance, less than the 1800, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, the leg up, I've got MTA on top. I think Harry Thomas is going to run a big race out in front. Just really building. You were, uh, you were onto it last start. Uh, it finds the front. Cash rolling, um, tough bugger to get past when uh, Ross Price has him at uh, on top of his game, and um, yeah, a bit like you, sort of Bragwell, Bruce Almighty, Ginger Fly. There's a bunch of them all, all you know thereabouts. Uh, I thought Blinder might just be about ready to show something. Um, didn't I just can't. I just can't say from four back to yeah, sixty one yeah. with sixty one picking up and grabbing. I didn't mind its last run, but with sixty one, you have to be seriously good to yeah. come from rearward and win. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, a couple of horses who might be flashing late, Zacharibo and Deputano. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm real. I struggled with this race, and I just thought I thought MTA was pretty good under the circumstances last start. I think I think the. Um, the leader ran or the I think it was sort of rails in runnish that race and he yeah. uh blacked us. I thought I thought I was stiff. Yeah. I thought I was stiff. Yeah. I thought it ran a really nice it's only been beaten home by Red Publisher and Beat the Bro who both had those soft rails yeah. off they come through yeah. they go runs and MTA's flashed yeah, that, home. An att- an attribute you wouldn't associate with MTA. Yeah, I think yeah, I think um Red Publisher was leaders back and Beat the Bro was three back the fence and they sort of ran mm-hmm. one too. But see C's parted. What I what I liked about MTA was never really gave gave it up. Um prior to that, ran second to Beret. Is that right? Yep, Tip second to Beret before second that. Second to Beret. Yep. She's got the fence. I'm gonna day. I'm gonna be tipping her in the, the mayor's race. So um you're right about Trevor and uh, Trevor's the winners are few and far between for Trevor uh, this season. Um, but the horses have been going, have been competitive lately, and Lactar has been a little bit hit and miss for mine. But um, yeah, 
I feel as though this is, we've probably said it a few times now with MTA, but I feel as though this is his race. So um, I'm going to go it, with MTA. It's, it's now or never. Now I've used or now or never a bit. I've used now or never a bit recently, and then I end up backing him the following start. So I've got to stop saying it, yeah. to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, look, sake of a tip, MTA is above my price. So MTA, but um, a bit like you, low confidence. Okay. Uh, speaking of Beret, now we move on to race eight, a race in which Beret is very fancy to win. It's the Mrs. Max La Trice Classic, Group 3, 1,800 metres, Phillies and Mares race, the final of the feature Phillies and Mares series, a traditional uh, spring-summer series, 12, 14, 16, and now the fourth leg is the 1,800 metre La Trice, won by Dance Music. Last year, and dance music, Sadikoff number one, uh, she uh, takes her place again, despite um, being a beaten favourite in the Starstruck Classic over a mile last start. Beret has now won three on the trot, uh, got the better of um, playing Marika in the Starstruck over a mile last start, and she looks like she's going to get a lovely run in transit from the draw. Uh, there's a couple others playing. Marika ran second in the Starstruck, as I just said. She's going to she's going to play a part again. Chile is hot, upset, pro consent last start. Bam's on fire. Has had no luck in any of the mares races she's contested in recent times. And there's a there's a couple others that are racing quite well, including La Farola from the Michael Lane stable. But um, first question to you, Guru, is what did we make of dance music last start? And can you do you think that she can she can rebound and uh, produce her best on Saturday? Oh, 100% she can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to uh, Crip just before the race and we were both on fairly, well, that's probably a lie, we were both on extremely heavily um, on dance music. We almost realised our bets were dead before the race, the way the track was playing. Yeah. Like, I... I was I was out with some mates at the time, but I mean, if I was sitting at home, I probably would have jumped on Betfair and chopped out at around the three three ten, three twenty. I think it secured an average price of about three eighty, three ninety. But I didn't. I wasn't that smart, um, and and it went accordingly. I think Brad tried to go a little bit slowly, perhaps into uh, the unfavourable conditions. Yeah, but I think it would have been better suited rolling a little bit yeah, more. I think it was eight lengths slower than average to the eight hundred. Yeah, so look, a bit like you just spoke about Harry Thomas in the prior. The best part is we get six races to assess. Yep. Um, this isn't a price we have to take now. Like last week or a fortnight ago, it was a price you had to take early because it was going to go. And well, if you could, if you could get on, and and that that's sort of the reason we dove. Then this isn't a price you need to dive in for. It it's coming off a failure. It may only drift. Um, but if, if if it starts playing rail hot again, I'm I've got no issues with going again. Dance music here. Um, it's it's not the way. I'm going to tip or the way I'm I'm betting early, um, but it's just something worth monitoring. A bit like Harry Thomas in the prior, BJ. I think it's um, I think it's just worth um, yeah worth keeping an eye on how it plays because every horse that raced without cover that day was uh, majorly disadvantaged. So um, there's always obviously there's always the possibility dance music's had enough. Yeah, um, we don't know that. It's only one bad performance, um, but that that's a risk you take. But um, yeah, Beret's going to be popular again. It, it was given a ten out of 10 by by cjp but from barrier two it's probably going to get a, a 10 out of 10 again yeah it, coming off uh four winners at penny yesterday for the man cjp um, yes he, uh, pike road three didn't he they read seven between seven him. between them yeah 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 i think holly, holly watson won- holly watson was the other wasn't it she won on sock off i think so yep um yeah the thing about dance music was uh, i think she ran the 96th fastest 200 of the day after walking in front so i don't know this looked she looked a bit jaded for mine and 
I probably haven't done the review as in depth as you in terms of the who punched the breeze, who led, who who didn't have cover and, and how well they went. But I thought she was entitled to go a little bit better than what she did. But you have to trust uh, again. Trust uh, Simon A. He's a top trainer, has been for a long time. He wouldn't be taking any risks with this valuable man, dance music, and she's probably she's probably. Uh, uh, earned, got a few credits in the bank with uh, with Simon, and I would imagine that he's probably freshen, tried to freshen her up as much as he possibly can, leading into the uh, trying to win back to back Latrice Classics. And really, her form is incomparable when you line her up against the the rest of these mm-hmm. Northerly Stakes, Listia Stakes, Railway Stakes, Kingston Town Classic. And if you can uh, forgive, and the conditions are, are suitable, then instead of taking two seventy like like she started in the um, Starstruck, then, yeah, you're looking at, um, you know, significantly better price on Saturday if you're uh, in that frame of mind. For me, I, I, yeah, Beret's, Beret's just going to... You need to let- remember with, with dance music as well, that's going to be at five past four. The South is probably at its strongest at yeah. about this point in time, so that's going to be a major factor against her as well. So, yeah, um, yeah she's going to have to overcome a few issues. It's, it's more just dance music for me will purely be about, we go, gee, shit, we're getting a day where those in front and those railing and running are really suited. Yeah. Then I'll consider her. Like, I'm not considering her now at the price, not, not in a million years. Yeah. But if we get that type of day, um, I'm not willing to say that I won't back her. That okay, so in the leg up, I thought I've gone for Beret on top. I, um, yeah, like everyone, thought she was the logical danger to dance music of the day. And as Terry mentioned, perfect steer from the from the man, CJP. That's three on the trot now for Beret after a run of uh, second placings. And um, and uh, she's uh, she's really got a taste for it now. From two, put put to sleep is going to land, you know, just a pair forward of well, midfield or maybe maybe even maybe fifth, three the fence. Fifth, six in running. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Three the fence, back yeah. of Saleo. Yeah, back of Saleo. Who gets the back of dance music. Just you can chili as hot can get the back of Beret? Yeah. From yep. four? Yeah. What'd you make a chili as hot? Yeah, I, I like chili as hot. I think it's a live chance for sure. Um that was a good win the other day. I know Pro Consent had had excuses. The money but, cut the money knew as well. Yeah, but um but yeah, she put in a couple of eye catches leading into that and uh, actually was quite well ridden by Jason Whiting, three wide with cover and kept the favourite pocketed and, and held on and she can go into this mare's race. She's won a 2,000-metre Belmont Oaks, I think. Did she win a Belmont Oaks or what did she win? Yeah. Chili's hot, yes. Um, so um, has, you know, is looks like she's come on as a four-year-old mare as well and got some strength. I like the booking of Paul Harvey. Low draw. I, I'd be surprised if Chili's Hot isn't fighting out the finish. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought Beret, Chili's Hot. They were the they were the um, the two for mine. Um, happy to play around dance music, um, and was just going to ask you because I know you've always got a a good lot on or a good read on playing Marika. What did you What did no. you think of her? No, Troy gave her a 10. Um, she's off two weeks here as well, which is incredible for her. It just doesn't work as well. Up to the 1800, which she's won at in the past, actually. There's probably no issue in that sense so much. But uh, no, not playing Marik uh, here. Uh, had something on last start at bloody 20-odd to one. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Barreau was just too good. But uh, no, happy to... Um, Happy just to watch playing Marika go around here. It's uh, I'm the I've I've cleared out with two in my market, and that's yeah. Beret and Chili is hot. And Chili is hot's the value. I mean, Chili is hot went up fourteen, fifteen, sixteen dollars yesterday, and I um, 
Uh, sent a couple of texts around trying to get on. Didn't have much success, unfortunately. I had to, had to settle for 10 bucks or, or something along along those lines. But to me, that's still a really good price. Like, what, even you have $8. Uh, I'm, I've probably got it a, a little bit too. I've, I've marked them equal favorites at $4.10. So I'm, I think I'm a bit too chilly as hottish there, but I, I really like Paul Harvey going on for Jason Whiting. I like the fact that the 1800 I really had in chilly as hot's favor, though you could potentially say Beret could be just as well suited up to the 1800. But look, I, once Chile is hot was going to be that price and Beret was going to be that price. She always knew that was a possibility. But I, I just thought Chile is hot would always be around about the $6 mark and it probably yep. wouldn't get me. Yep. Um, but, yeah, $8, $9 Chile is hot. I mean, that's that's probably just a, a nice little each-way play and you sort of hope that Paul can follow uh, Beret everywhere that Clint goes. And um, I think it will be really interesting if um, Chile is hot attacks Beret Lakes. I think it can get over the top of it and um, the pro-consent form will be just as strong as anything else. You look at playing Marika running second to uh, to Dance Music and um, uh, second to Beret All last right. week and playing Marika's coming out of similar ratings races. So uh, there is very little between these Phillies and Mare series and the ratings races. So... Um, yeah, it's a it's an easy bet for me at around eight nine bucks. Chili is hot. Yeah, I'm with you there. Last also want to mention is Bams on fire, huge in the jungle, missed for fourth in a blanket finish, and has been stiff in both the jungle dawn and the star strike. But another sticky draw. Gate twelve goes back again for Stevie Parnham. Uh, first crack at eighteen hundred meters as well, crying out to win one, but Jesus, going to be hard from back there. Yeah, it's it's flying, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's going like a horse that wants to win. But uh, geez, I, was, I spoke about Stafford's lad being the unluckiest horse in uh, in West Australia when it comes to barrier draws. Bams yeah. on fire isn't too far off it. So uh, even when barrier bah, barrier Bams on fire has drawn a gate, like in the Jungle Dawn, yeah. um, Brad Parnham just got it was in the right. That that was the day you didn't want a gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the day you wanted to be wide coming at him. So he's a bit stiff there that day, Brad. But uh, yeah. yeah, look. Right card up, right run into it. It's 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 uh it's definitely um not impossible, but uh, yeah, hard to hard to have from that gate. Okay, so and go back to the jungle dawn as well. If you watch Chili is hot, you get a line through Chili is hot. There was stiff when one point five lengths behind Angelic Miss over the unsuitable fourteen hundred. Yeah, so yeah. it shows it's just around these. So yeah, it just uh it, it makes the most sense. And I just I feel like Beret's won three in a row now. I just feel like I can't jump on there yeah. as well. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling this. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Beret and uh, Chili's Hot clearing out as well. So Just one more thing uh, on this race before we move on, BJ. It's not often you can say that the biggest ruffie in the field was just about the run of the race. Um, but did you get the? Did you catch the replay of Ocean Zara? I did. I did. Mm, yeah, quite. Uh, it's funny if you you forget what you know about the horses in the past, forget about ratings, um, forget about prior form. Just purely look at the last run of the Starstruck. Um, you'd probably have Ocean Zara ten bucks here, fifteen bucks here, rather than a hundred and one and and twenty odd bucks a place. So um, interesting for those that like to really throw a hail mary I, i'm i'm 40 to one so i'm not giving oceans are any real chance but um yeah just purely purely on that last run um went very good yeah yeah it was that was it was just a funny race sometimes these man <laughs> these mares series yeah. can throw up some very random results a lot of it is probably tempo related but we've had bunch finishes and yeah just to see oceans are beat home dance music at Set weights and penalties was a bit, of, uh, <laughs> was a bit of an eye opener. So it's mm. yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. But um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a big price on uh, the Betfair Exchange Ocean Zara, despite running so well last start. So moving on, it's time that we get stuck into the Perth Cup, Guru. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to this Perth Cup, actually. But it, what, is this the 2022 Perth Cup or 2021 Perth Cup? 2022 Perth Cup. So it's a tab touch okay. Perth Cup. Group two, 2,400 metres, $400,000. This race, first run, Guru, 1887 was first oh. run. Um, How old were you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so good one. You like that one? <laughs> it's was uh, yeah. I, it's I can time I can timestamp my childhood based on this race. I remember being at Ascot when Zamlight won in 1991. I think I was ten, nine or ten years old, and I don't think I've missed many since then. And uh, got a real love of this race. Growing up, my dad won two of them, um, mm-hmm. 1968 and 1977. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just such a tremendous event, historical, meaningful event. And, um, yeah, it is a shame that it's, it doesn't hold the same significance it once did, but um, it still is the Perth Cup. It's a race that people still want to win. And, uh, yeah, we've got, a, um, we've got a, a good handicap to work through on Saturday, probably some devoid of some real top line staying talent uh, like we have seen in recent years. But um, the way that the, the the scale has worked and I guess it's um, with, with Trap Fools, the 59 top weight, we do have the six kilo spread. And it's interesting from a handicapping point of view, a lot of these horses, are uh, a lot of the chances are dropping weight after carrying um, above 53 kilos in, in their lead ups. And so, um, yeah, uh, I guess opinions are going to be divided and there's there's quite a few chances and yeah i guess we'll just um wait and see uh how the market plays out but um what did you i know we've had discussions about this race since the final field came out but what did you end up settling on as far as a perth cup point of view well what price uh sorry what price what would have happened if traffic falls didn't come to this race would platoon have been top weight it's a 90 plus type thing or how would it have yeah worked? yeah platoon would have been top weight and kilos. it might have been an, even an eighty, an eighty-eight plus, even if they wanted a 50, oh, 58. So it would have been a uh, ninety plus, ninety plus. How yeah. my maths? Which is yeah, like ninety a, plus. Yeah. Which is a standard yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we okay. Well, thank God for trap for fools anyway. Um, in saying that, it would have been um, probably a better spread of the weights if it was a ninety plus. But um, it's always nicer to have a high, higher handicap for our group twos now Perth Cups. But um, yeah, as you said, just a. A great race to divide opinions. You've got two lines of form here, BJ. Mm-hmm. You've got the form coming from the uh, the Ted Van Heeps, the Kingston Tan and the Railway Stakes, and namely that's Platoon and Nerf Bosk. Maybe Cockney Crew as well. If you're looking at the Ted, it's coming out of the Ted. Uh, and then you've got all the form coming out of the ATA and the Townsend, uh, which is your Paddy Shadows, your Pure Devotions, Midnight Blue, Post Setback, Stafford's Lad, obviously, uh, was the winner there. Black Shadow. Um, uh, and etc etc Marachino etc etc so there are your two lines of form do you do you think there's a a better line of form or is it is it too hard to tell um, yeah well I mean judging by the way that my market has um, has come out and the uh, the preview that I produced last night I think that the you know I'm, I'm obviously leaning to the the ATA stakes as the prime lead up form um it was interesting trying to marry it all up isn't it well like when you look at the run of platoon in the ted van hemp's cock stakes um you think gee whiz that was a good perth cup trial really wasn't he, he was pulling ground off mm. regal power late um but he's just from 13 he's going to get get back and it's going to be hard from he did run in the perth cup last year ran uh, fifth 
I believe, um, maybe. Um, uh, but really, uh, the horse that's dropping in weight that you feel as though he's been set for this race coming out of the, the cock stakes is last year's winner, Nerf Boss. 55 and a half, good draw. Um, how, how bad last start? How bad? I know. I, like, de- I, I started to clear. I did nerf, this race was over. Yeah. I, I started having reasonable size bets at around eight bucks yeah. on Nerf Bosk, um, where I could get on. And um, all I wanted to see was just a nice... He hit the line semi nicely, you know, run second or third. And um, gee whiz, had the back of Regal Power and Platoon's just smashed it. Platoon has absolutely smashed Nerf Bosk. Um, mm. Well, Platoon smashed all of them, bar, uh, bar Regal Power. Like, I, oh, God. It's a race year with certain runners. You need some proper forgiveness. Like, yeah. Black Shadow. Black Shadow maps really not. I actually really like this map for Black Shadow with um with the two speedsters involved and it just tagging them and hopefully giving it a better card up than um, Decoy Knock just did last star. But geez, you have to forgive that performance from Black Shadow. You have to forgive Nerf Bosk. Um, well, you don't have to. I'm saying you have to back them. You have to forgive off of yeah. a really a pretty ordinary run. And it's sort of like, well, what, what do I forgive? How do I forgive? You look back through their history. Have they just put in shockers sporadically? And what is real? Back what is star? real? And I, exactly right. I, I can't see too many instances in both their careers where they've put in a total shocker, then bounce back at the very next start. So, yeah. Um, Lucky sounded. Yeah. Lucky sounded quite bullish though. Yeah, he did. He did. Well, it, not much went right for Black Shadow the other yeah. day. I mean, they found the back of the wrong horse. He fought Jason early. They went quickly. It was suited to those off speed. Um, he had the extra weight, et cetera, et cetera. So if you go on his previous two runs, and he's close to favourite here, I'd say. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's weighted a dream as a 94 Raider and a 94 plus. E- everything's in Black Shadow's favour. Um, yeah. It's just about whether you can forgive that run. Yeah, almost a better result that he didn't get a re-handicap. By winning an ATA, really, so it gets in smack bang on the min. Yeah, would, would there have been a re-handicap? Well, Stafford's lad, uh, I guess, got the six points. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah. So Stafford's lad um, still gets in below the minimum, so that was probably a good race to win yeah. for Stafford's lad, wasn't yeah, it? So it was, I yeah. saw something you wrote in your preview um, regarding Stafford's lad that no other horse will be happier at the end of 2,400 metres, and you're, uh, uh, yeah, you're bang on there. Nerf Bosk obviously is the one that loves the, the journey, but yeah. uh, gee, Stafford's lad gives you the – Gives you the feel that the 2,400 metres will be uh, everything for him. And he was the way pre-barrier draw I was going, I reckon. Yep. I, I was a bit undecided. But I've, I'm gonna I'm not going to take a set against him, but the barriers, that's it's not good. It's, it's, it's got you. I don't you, think it's, it's got good. you got you uh, questioning Perplexed. everything, hasn't it, Terry? Uh, this whole race has me questioning everything. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm Arthur or Martha at the moment. So I'll tell you what, but I feel like I just need to... We need a fine one. But uh, from barrier one, what Chrissy Parnham, who does know the horse very well, but um, yeah, can can you see it as an advantage at all? Obviously, it's a shorter way home, but is he going to be able to pick up and sprint getting out at the top of the straight and get through them all and get past them all? Um, or is he going to miss the fact that he can't wind up into the race from from further? Yeah, I went back, watched through, watched his replays when he was rousing run sort of recently and mm-hmm. his, um, he did – he was he was very unlucky in the Boulder Cup rousing run, uh, got held up, uh, but he was picking up and with clear galloping room probably goes close to winning. Uh, he was rousing run when he was resuming over a mile at Ascot and picked up well to be beaten only two lengths. That was about four or five runs ago before he started his real um, Perth Cup lead-up preparation. Uh, so, yeah, I've got no real qualms about that. I just, just think with Cockney Crew, Trap for Fools, Marachino, come right back. Black Shadow. Um, I think this is, this is going to be a really genuinely run 
2400 meter race uh so which will which will suit stafford's lad down to the ground he's probably going to have midnight blue and pure devotion in his sights um they're probably going to be similarly placed I imagine Stafford's lad will be following either of those. They'll be looking to work off the fence out into Galloping Room, um, probably from the 9-800, get themselves into a striking position. And just the class of Chris Parnham will, uh, you know, if the rails isn't, is, isn't I reckon, I'm sort of saying that the rails run is a last resort for him. I reckon he'll be looking to get off and, and follow the two Cerise and Whites, almost similarly to what he did in the ATA stakes. Yep. Now that makes sense. Uh, speed battle, Cockney Crew, yep. Trap for Fools. Uh, who leads? Who breezes? Or who leads? Who stalks? I'd like to see. I'd like to see Sean be really aggressive on Cockney Crew. Just find the front and let him do his thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, I had Cockney Crew leading. Trap for Fools. Breezing. Yeah. Okay. So you think Sean Cockney Crew is not actually beginning or jumping all that well? But um, geez, yeah. I, it's such a different race if Cockney Crew ends up um, in the breeze rather than on the rail. If it ends up on the rail, I'll tell you what, with Sean McGrady going on, he rates these horses uh, extremely well out in front. It can run you a big race. And, and Kieran can be bang on. He's been saying he's going to win the Perth Cup for the last six months. Um, he, yeah. he, he's he's well, going to get every chance. Hats off to him. Hats off to him for getting him there mm. because what's he fourth up into a Perth Cup, all the issues that this horse has had. I think he missed a run because he was scratched at the gates as well. So it hasn't been – it's been far from perfect, but he's got there and um, got him in good nick coming out of a third at Wait for Age last start. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wonder whether they're going to be super aggressive to lead with Trap for Fools with the uh, 59 kilos. Oh, I think, so. I think so. I'd be saying if Cockney Crew doesn't begin all that well, don't let it cross you easily. I think Trap for Fools is twice yeah. the horse that it is um, on the rail rather than stalking or sitting in the yeah. breeze. So I'd be saying, look, if Cockney Crew, because it can be tardy away, I'd be saying make it sit in the breeze unless he really comes at you hard. Make it sit in the breeze and yeah. try and be too strong for it. Like Trap like I, Trap for Fools winning this would be a story and a half. I don't I don't think it's a complete impossibility. Oh. He's, he's form needs to improve rapidly but we've seen Lindsay Smith do it um, with these type of horses and, and last year um, Traffer Fool's run in the Perth Cup was was huge after basically being deep the trip so um, yeah fa- fascinating little speed battle early with Cockney Crew uh, and trap for fools, um, but look, I mean, if, if those two get in a bit of a war, or, or trap for fools just simply is done now as a racehorse and has gone pretty early, this could be a pretty bunched old. Um, it could be a pretty bunched old field here, um, heading into the straight, which uh, which will certainly make yeah. things interesting, and it could set it up for a few of those horses that do have to be ridden a little bit quieter at the back. Yeah, I mean, you. You might not agree, but you sort of have to make a strong case for Midnight Blue. Coming off a setback, the bars have come off. Team Williams um, drops, what does he drop? Four kilos for the ATA stakes. Um, just got run over late by Stafford Ladd and Pure Devotion. Um, if anyone, I wrote in the preview, if anyone's going to be able to overcome a less than ideal preparation with a horse on a for a um, big race, it's, it's Team Williams mm-hmm. and... Uh, ran third in the race last year, Midnight Blue. So he's um he's a superior horse as a uh, as a five year old, and um yeah he has to be. He's like he's weighted a dream. Um so it's just that just whether he can still win a Perth Cup despite missing a run and having those feet issues leading in. But yeah, I thought the um the ATA form of Stafford's lad winning, um then stepping up to twenty four hundred meters and just the way that this race is gonna the tempo is going to be on, which he's just going to love, and the twenty five hundred meters, which he's going to be, lo- which he's going to love. I uh, had midnight blue, 
Um, second pick, he's um, just for everything I mentioned before, but I had Black Shadow third pick, drops five kilos um, prior the Towton Cup win was dominant. He's you know, if he can if he can slot in fifth, sixth just behind the the speed and then it's a genuine tempo gets getting gets sucked into the race. Like he's gonna be in front for a long way, I think, Terry. So um yeah, I'm just I really think it's it's one of those three. I don't really know what to make of pure devotion. What are your thoughts on her? Uh, I don't think she runs out the twenty four hundred meters strongly. Um, yeah, that's what I was sort of that's what I was thinking. Yeah, last that's night. probably my biggest concern. So I think the instructions for Clint should be to um cuddle her up, even even get her held up for a portion of the straight and she's probably got the best turn of foot in the race, I think. Uh point point to point yep. hundred meters or so. Um, um, but I don't know if she runs out a strong 2400, but he's got the ability with the 53 and, and the soft gate to um, to try and negate that with a, with a really patient, quiet yep. ride. And it might almost look ugly or the way he has to ride her and not get her out and not let her roll from the 400 if, if the opportunity arises. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have... I just don't think she runs out a strong 2200. That, that lunar impact kicking back and beating her now makes a lot more sense in the Oaks with what we've seen yeah. since, I think. But, yeah. um yeah, definitely not discounting it, but I'm I'm closer to eight nine dollars for her. And Midnight Blue, I mean, I'm I've I've marked Midnight Blue your favourite. Um, I, I just I'm I'm sort of closer to six bucks. Uh, with Midnight Blue, I just think it, it, it does make sense. The the little setback sort of been offset now by the fact the bars are off. He's had the run, the fitness is back up. Um, it's just that yeah. I, I think we've all talked about Midnight Blue the whole way through like it's this world beater. It was more more for me. It was just you were going to have uh, a true stayer with William Pike on it in the feature race on the minimum. It just – that was the big thing. Yeah. Losing William Pike is, is a massive deal for me. It, it's a huge deal for me. I think Midnight Blue is an okay horse. But go back and watch last year's Perth Cup. Nerf Bosk like, is twice the run of, of Midnight Blue in last year's yeah. Perth Cup. And don't get me wrong, Nerf Boss failed last start. But that's – that's better form. So I, I asked you to start like, what is the form line? And, and the market's 100% going to the ATA and the thingy form. But the, to me, the best form's the, the, the group two and, and the group one form. And, and the best run of all those horses is, is platoon. platoon. It was platoon. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to simplify it. I'm not going to forgive the others. Um, and I think Platoon's just going to keep on drifting, BJ. Like it's 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 already sevens out yeah. to thirteens with the draw. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see eighteen dollars Platoon by the time they jump. Um, and for me, uh, that's a bet. I mean, so I'll go through and I had a look at Platoon's sort of efforts over the journey. It's to run two thirds over the twenty one hundred meters in the TED, uh, well, a second and a third in the TED. Um, it's run yeah. third to Regal Power and Cockney Crew in the Mel Vista over twenty two hundred. It got back to last in the Derby that year and was never in the race. It went super over the twenty four hundred. Last year's Perth Cup. Go back and watch the replay and watch Platoon in particular. Jason Brown rode that day. Jason Brown has gone forward to try and find a spot. He's ended up in the breeze. Now the Perth Cup goes to twenty four hundred meters. It was at about the twelve hundred meter pole. Yeah. The trap for fools finally crosses and breezes. So Platoon hasn't had cover for the first half of a 1,200-meter race. It's then sort yeah. of been held up on the turn because trap for fools is in, in a bit of trouble, and it's it's come again to run fifth. Like, it's a real effort to run fifth. Like, it's a proper effort to run fifth. So um, the barrier draw is obviously not ideal. It could have set it a little bit closer, but I, I really hope Stevie Parnham just jags it out. And if they do bunch on the bend – and if it turns into a sprint home on the band, like I, I'm finding it really hard to separate Midnight Blue, Pure Devotion, Stafford's Lad, Black Shadow, like all of those are a big bunch. But if if they do bunch on the band, and that's the better form line, um, if it just holds its form that it did from last start, it's it's the one that goes past yeah. them just about. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit oddball and I'm going to surprise myself to some degree. But I think the value run, I don't need to have much on, is, is, is platoon each way with a really patient ride and hope we get a bunched field over the 2400 and Steve's really patient and gets to the outside and um, 
Yeah, we see a repeat of last start. That's what, that's the thought. That's that's the thought process. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Neville Revel Parnham will be shooting for a third Perth Cup victory. Stevie Parnham his first. So, if Platoon wins with Stevie on board, it'll mean that all three Parnham brothers have a Perth Cup to their name. Um, Brad and Chris also have uh, been victorious. So yeah, that's it. it's. That's the, going to be the fascinating part, especially with the watching Betfair um, last 10, 15 minutes is what do what are, what are the um, the experts do with your platoons and your nerf boss, the weight for age, the Kingston Town classic form, all these other horses. like Do Bobs get walloped? That's the thing. Like I've said. Yeah. Do Bobs get walloped? I mean, Stafford's lad was a 68 rater at the start of the preparation. Do you know what I mean? Like it's incredible. Exactly. And now we're talking about that's the best form line. It's like, gee, Stafford's lad. But I know it's a different horse yeah. now. Danny's done wonders with it. Um, but gee whiz, yeah, it's 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 yeah. wild. Like, and as I said, I'm I'm really fluid with who I'm willing to back in this race. Like, if say there's wild money in Midnight Blue, there could be wild money pure devotion. Well, that's the thing. I, there'll be something happens here with this market. There'll be something that gets yeah. to Black Shadow might touch twenty, or Stafford's Lad might touch thirteen dollars, or Nerf Boss might be forgotten. Yeah. Platoon, I don't I don't think will be overly well supported from the gate. Um, so I think it'll be a drifter. Cockney Crew could be a firmer. Yeah. Cockney Crew's yeah. one that could be 20s to 8s. That's my feel. Cockney Crew could be a firmer here. Um, down on the minimum, yeah. people said it as a positive. Jockey change, proven over the 2400. So it's one I reckon there could be money for. Um, your old man. Who's your old man tipping? You told me he's declaring one. Yep. Who's Bernie Senior? And he's... He's come, the man. Uh, well, if we're going right to get back. a Perth Cup winner from someone, it's a man that's won two Perth Cups himself. And he's, he's declaring come right back. Now, come right back. Last campaign carried the same weights as Black Shadow and there was nothing between them. Come right back's last two runs were huge. But can a yeah. horse that didn't beat Sentimental Friend last start win a Perth Cup, BJ? Oh, come <laughs> on. I don't know. I don't know. Tell him we're Cummins' last run. How good. Seriously, deep, deep the trip, no cover, and kept yeah, coming to unreal. the line for a horse that doesn't usually or don't think stays. Like, it's going to go around at 50 to 1. Oh, yeah. I don't know, BJ. I don't know. The thing that I liked about the race, the ATA and the Towton, that these some of these handicappers, rather than your wait for age types, the handicappers are coming out of, they've just mm. been so fast, really, really fast races. So they've all got really strong platforms. They've all, they're running fast over a staying journey. They're conditioned. Yeah, and like the, it just, you know, you could you could knock them. I could knock them if they were if the races were sort of muddlingly run and bunch finishes or whatever. But the other day, they I think um, they ran way faster than than average in the in the ATA and again in the the Towton Cup. So these horses are rock hard. They're in top form. They're running really really fast times. They've got no weight on their back. So that's yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just pretty. Pretty happy to be to be in the uh, the handicappers, the old school handicappers camp here with Staffords and Midnight Blue and um, Black Shadow. Right. Well, it's a fascinating. Pre- I look forward to reading everyone else's previews that chucks them up and and whatnot because there should be there'll be yeah a wide range. I think Midnight Blue will be the most popular. Um, I'd suspect, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there'll be a wide range, and it's it's a look. If you're someone that doesn't mind back in a roughie, it's 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 probably a Perth Cup. You can try and find one at a price, um, because just just think about yeah, there, there isn't much between this field. I think you summed it up really well at the start when you said there's no real superstars here. Trafford Falls is a superstar, um, but it's not a, it's he's not at his best. Yeah. Um, at the moment, Nerf Boss can be considered a superstar considering what he's done in the past, but he's just not. Gee, some, he's coming off a bad run, so there's some stories. Yeah. Though, is it? 
There's yeah. some real stories that are going to emerge from this. Like, as you said, imagine if Trap for Fools wins. Imagine if Tash Faithful happens to win on yeah. Bella's Idol. Jeez, if, it drew, if it drew a gate, it probably wasn't impossible from 16. You know, I think like, she's, she's up against it. Yeah, Black Shadow. Imagine Jimmy Taylor getting winning a Perth Cup. I can't imagine he would have won a Perth Cup. A lot of his successes have been with sprinters over the journey. And, and, and let's not – you have to give a shout-out to Shelby Botel. Like, doesn't yep. ride a lot, and she's got a um, – She's got a steer in the in the Perth Cup for Ray Vincent, Truly Reliable, which wasn't the worst run in the uh, ATA the other day. So I really like Truly Reliable as a as a uh, as a horse, but probably a year too soon from a Perth Cup point of view. But yeah, there's some cracking yarns coming out of this, and um, yeah, and uh, a bit of a bit of history will be made on uh, on Saturday. Certainly will be. Certainly will be. It's a uh, yeah Perth Cup. I'm very much looking forward to. Okay, it is now time, BJ. Not for the Narogen, but for the Ascot Get Out Stakes. <laughs> S-T-E-A-K-S. Who was it proudly brought to us by, Beach? Proudly brought to us by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannibale Markets on Banister Road. Actually caught up with Timmy during Christmas week and stocked up for um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, celebrations really looked after me. Um, the Market City Meats was pumping, it was, it was going off uh, when I was out there. And uh, Timmy uh, and his team, they were uh, they run a very tight ship. They uh, look after their customers really well. So make sure you drop into the Canningvale Markets, Market City Meats, and say good day to Timmy and, and the mob out there and um, and support the sponsors. And uh, he'll look after you, that is for sure. It's, it feels like a lifetime ago, but congratulations to our episode 107 Get Out Stakes winner, Jack Garvin. He was uh, he was nearest the pin with sentimental friend. There was quite a few sentimental friends predictions um, two weeks ago, uh, which which surprised me because I don't think the horse had won in five years. So um, anyway, the the, the uh, there was some smarter people than me. They were onto sentimental friend in the get out stakes, and Jack Garvin got the result. That was a so, tough old day. That was a tough old day at Ascot, wasn't it? Yeah, every, that was for everybody, dearie that mate. Was, that wasn't great. One of those days you look back on you think, I actually thought I punted pretty well. Like I thought I'm pretty <laughs> was stiff. I thought, buddy, some of these horses are hardy in price. Even the Velvet Queen was I was watching it with Brad as well. He's trying to tell oh, me no. he got it right. It's four four odd to two thirty. Come on, Brad. We won that battle, yeah. even though, even though, I, even, though I, even though I lost the war, I feel like I won the battle with you, Brad. Brad would have been smiling like a Cheshire cat if some of those results yeah, were rolled in. Yeah, it, was, um, it was a tough it was but, a tough day to be around him. All right. So to enter this week's uh, get out stakes race 10 at Ascot on Saturday send us a tweet at the 1-1 pod uh, let us know who you think will win the last race the get out stakes race 10 this Saturday Perth Cup day remembering of course the Sam White rule Terry first in best dressed first BJ best dress. this is just about uh, the race of the day isn't it to finish mm. off it's a um, it's an absolute cracker you got Billy Ain't Silly returning uh, off a little break. Uh, Resort Man's obviously usually very well spruiked. Sun Sun was huge last start. They might have sort of unlocked something with Sun Sun last start, taking a sit over the 1,200 metres. Uh, Shan Talk, nobody would have missed that run. Uh, Written Matter, very unlucky at its last start. And then you got Rain of Fire, um, who also was a bit stiff and uh, and went super. And then even Traverne, who steps up and is your likely leader. So it's a great race with, uh, with many different angles, but uh, I think we're aligned here, BJ. And... Um, we're hoping that uh, Shooter can bookend the card. Mm, Lacewinski one and Shantalk ten. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I just thought Shantalk was huge in the uh, what was it, the Jungle Dawn? 
1,400 metres is not her go. She was breezing, pulling. And that was know, a day where you, did, you didn't want to be uh, outside the leader either. Because yeah. I, I actually gave, I gave her a good push that day, actually, each way, yeah, about you $15. Did actually. And she went, yeah, she went, I think she went third. She went super. Um, super. But last Super. start, um, yeah, last start, Peter Nucky went on because Sean McGrady rode the Spruker, which turned out to be the right decision by 0.04 of a length. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she they decided to settle last from the awkward gate and you wouldn't associate Shan Talk with slashing last sectionals. Um, but that's clearly what we uh, clearly what we saw. And while I will say that the pattern of the day was set up for her to do what she did, and you have to say yeah. that. It really, really was. Britain Matter was held up. Uh, Caracapo led, and, and it was wild. The Spruker got through a gap to win him. So she was entitled to run on well. Seeing her do that without Sean McGrady in the saddle, seeing her do that from last, um, it really bodes well that she's ready to win a horse race now, I think. Yeah, um, she's ready to win. I, I just like the fact she was able to peel off of resort man's back and beat him home by yeah over a length so that was mm -hmm. that was what I, I like resort man's no slouch and he um for her just to sort of just sort of cruise past him and and attack the spruker late being ridden in a different fashion yeah she i think she really appreciated getting down in the weights too terry the other day at 54 kilos mm -hmm. and just ridden like a that quieter um saved up and that was a pretty fast race that was 110 for the 1200 um, if her to attack the line that she way the way that she did, Russell Stewart's got this mare right back in the zone, ready to win. Sean McGrady has has won all five races on this mare. He's back on board from six. Where you got her parked up? I, I hope they're a, a slightly more aggressive than last start. There's a stack of yep. speed on here. Traverne should lead. Charge will miss the kick last start. Probably gets to the breeze. Um, you've got real, really wide ones in Agent J12, Kelly's Callisto 13. Um, I don't know if they're going to either of them over the 1,200 metres have the speed to maybe start a three-wide line. They might just be a pair back. Um, yep. But look, I don't think it's impossible she lands 1-1. One, one. Yeah, um, I don't map 1-1, yeah. Yeah, so 1-1 one, one would be the ideal spot, but I, I, I hope she doesn't try to follow the blueprint from last start and be real defensive out the gates because I don't think that'll work in her favour. And I think a horse like Ritten Matter will still run a quicker last two than her. Um, well, I, if, think she, if, I think she if, can have field, field position on the back of a horse like Charge who should take her into the race a fair way. Yeah, and also if if they a little bit hesitant early, then a horse like Sun Sun can take her spot. And if he yeah. lands 1-1, then it's almost game over. So the way that he won the other there's, day. Yeah, there's definitely trouble. So that, that for me, that's that's the easy play this race. Like I've, I've really cleared them out. Yeah. Where I've got I've got Shantalk $3.20, Sun Sun $4, Written Matter $6.30. It's my only other horse under $15. So look, I... Yeah, for those yeah, want to be a bit more defensive, you can. I, I would. I wouldn't be afraid to save Sun Sun if you're getting around five, six bucks type thing, and yep. make make Shan talk the result. Um, it's a pretty cheap save at that price. Um, yeah, I think they just map the best, don't they, with this speed on, this tempo on, and um, yeah, they get a nice little head start on on written matter. So, yeah, definitely, definitely Shan talk for me though, BJ. Yeah, it'll be a have to be take a, take a fair effort from written matter to. I don't know. Where does it get, really? Can it be closer oh, the, than we As suspect? I said, with those... Yeah, so, well, maybe Sun Sun begins too well and ends up outside Shan Talk. Sun Sun yeah. ends up three deep. No, then next thing you know, Written Matter's on the back written of Matters. Sun Sun and Written Matter's very, very hard to beat from a horse that's going to take it right halfway down the straight. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's a few different ways this can pan out. But, um, look, I'm... 
I'm going to hope that Shantor gets the right spot, gets into the race at the right time. And um, yeah, it, it, this race, the way she's finding form, shapes very similar to the race uh, where she beat Hot Z last campaign. And, Agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, Hot Z was flying at the time. So yeah, pretty keen to uh, to go again with uh, with Shantork. Shantork yeah. for me as well. Great to see Billy Ain't Silly back from a break. Has mm-hmm. tended to need the run freshers. Uh, has two trials leading into this. Uh, probably lands leaders back from gate through Lactar on board. Quality animal. Uh, he's got black type written all over him. Ran second to Graceful Girl in the uh, Raconteur. Started favourite in the Belmont Guineas as well prior to a break. But he was super in some of his victories, even against the older horses last time in work. And there's a stack of talent as Billy Ain't Silly. So looking forward to seeing what he can develop into in uh, in the new year. But um, don't, not sure he's a winning chance on Saturday, but I think he'll run well regardless, like, as he always does. I got him 41 bucks. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Poor old Billy. <laughs> I've really taken, I've taken a proper set against Billy. I'm just thinking, oh, what's all I got, Billy? Yeah, $41, 2.44% of the market. Sorry, Will. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Bit harsh, bit harsh. Yeah, a bit harsh. Um, all right. right. That, we got there. That brings, yeah, we got there. That brings our preview to a close. We'll be back with our best bets, our Maddies, and our Lays for Perth Cup Day. All right, we are back with our Betfair best betting propositions for Perth Cup Day. Terry, lead the way. Uh, okay, uh, my my best. My best? Is that where we're after first, BJ? My Bet best, BJ? Best. My bet fair best. Uh, toss up between McGrady's bookends. Shan Talk's probably stiff to miss out, and it probably 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 is my best, to be honest with you. But um I I have a very good feeling. I very I really like the way I've done uh, the summer scorcher. So I'm gonna look for a bit of value with my best this week and throw Gemma's son um, potentially at double figures as the best of the day. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, race four. My best, race four, number eight, go forward. Uh, mark 235, I believe. If you can get 250 or better, then uh, that's a bet for me in uh, race four of the day. Go forward. All right. You're Maddie, BJ. I struggled to oh, – I didn't really struggle, I guess. I guess it's an obvious one. But uh, who's your Maddie? Uh, I've gone for a horse, a very popular horse, in race six, the Summer Scorcher, number eight, Eeyore Ways. Currently $21, best available. He knocked off, go forward, two back. Should have won last start. Uh, Raquel's got him uh, right back on top of his game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Eeyore saved up. Flying late price. It's um, it's flying, Eeyore, though. It's like it's actually yeah. going really, really well. That's such a yeah. good race. But we, we, didn't, we didn't even discuss all-day session. It was, yeah, um, I know. I know. Yeah, and, and over the 1,000, it looks difficult. It's almost going to be last all-day session, I reckon, the way that race yeah. pans out on paper to me because outside of it, you got the front bar, Long Beach. And Gemma's son, they all go forward-ish, which means, yeah, it's back last. But, uh, yeah, great race. And I uh, I don't mind that. If Craig can uh, navigate a, a short way home, um, yeah, she's doing a great job with that horse at the moment. Uh, my Maddie, that's where I'm trying to get to. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, I'll go with Sunplay in race two, BJ. Um, I'm hoping that Platoon gets to a Maddie price. So I'll, I'll prefix that. I'm hoping I, I see something $20, which is probably ambitious. It's very ambitious, in fact. Um, yep. But Sunplay, uh, as I said, I'm single figures, high single figures, but uh, yeah, it's $30 plus. Brad went up 70 Geez, that'd be a nice little. I'll enjoy next week's show. I forget to come on and uh, shove a seventy dollar pop up, Brad. Very good. Sun play mm. in the two hour race. That's race two of the day. And uh, what are we doing for our 
lay of the day, Perth Cup day? Uh, well, I'll just go with the favourite at the moment in, in race five is Miss Vasari. I'm significantly longer. Um, yeah, I'm almost willing to sort of take a, a group set in that race. So Miss Vasari is about five, six bucks. Memorable misses eight dollars, uh, and Chevelle de Varga is eight fifty. So I, I, I'd say lay the three of them. Uh, you could probably get two to one if you lay all three. Is that good maths? Probably close to even money. Yeah, to lay all three. So there you go. I'm going to do a triple lay of three of the five favourites in a very tight <laughs> race. Miss Vasari, memorable miss. Chevelle de Varga can't win. The three of them. Okay. All right. Three for three for the price of one. I'm going to take on the might of the Cerise and White in the Perth Cup, which is fraught with danger. My lay is uh, pure devotion. Mm, don't mind that either. Yeah, tough old day for a lay. Good good betting card, though. There'll be lots of divided opinions, I'd suggest, yeah. with uh, with this card, Veg. All right. So next week, Terry, we'll be back um, prior to the uh, PRG uh, New Year party and, of course, our uh, 1-1 WA Racing podcast race day at Narragin next Friday, the 7th of January. Looking forward to that. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I better send a reminder text out, haven't I? But uh, yeah, no, it should be a uh, a big week just in general. We're looking forward to it. We've got New Year's Eve, got a good friend's bucks do on the Sunday. Just a, what a week. Got the podcast, got a party. Whew, what a time to be alive, BJ, isn't it? Are you getting along to Perth Cup? Still trying to work out uh, whether I'm going to go. I was really looking forward to it. Um, not sure, not sure. 50-50 at the moment, Guru. But okay. um, right. a lot of people yeah. are probably making are probably only going to go if you do. So you probably better announce that to the public at some stage <laughs> as well. So the, uh, yeah. the, the the headline the headline act. So you know when BJ's serious when he gets out there. If uh, yeah, if Wolfie's got one in that uh, he thinks might win a feature, or uh, <laughs> he obviously do a bit of work with Danny as well. So I reckon you just just wind Stafford's lad in a point if uh, if you see BJ make it out yeah <laughs> out to the track. Dearie mate, thanks again, BJ. Uh, a remote edition. We'll be back. Hopefully next week in um, in face to face contact we'll have a guest on next week. Um, we're doing L Taylor. I've been trying to. We've been we've been discussing getting him on for a while. I don't know if that's a conflict of interest with the mastermind. We can send him out to his car. Yep, it's been done before. It has been. I also don't know if I want to deal with Lockie Taylor for two days in a row. That's probably a, a major issue. So that's something we need to weigh up. But uh, no, good stuff once again. To those in uh, getting out to Perth Cup, enjoy. Have a happy, merry, safe new year. And until next week on the 1-1. One, one.